All right, this is the second podcast in the Liverpool studio since Wildman died. Yesterday, we interviewed the son of a woman who was murdered by Peter Sutcliffe, who's known as the Yorkshire Ripper. Very emotional, took us on a journey. Hope you guys have seen that one by now. And today, I've got a YouTuber in here. He's running a channel called The True Blue Lifestyle. The link, all his links and his Instagram are going to be in the description box below the video. But Kieran has got a hell of a story to tell. But it's not glamorizing the lifestyle. He's been through it in Manchester. Now he helps young people, young offenders, speaks to school kids. So there's a good social message coming out of this. And if anyone would like Kieran to come in and do a talk... His links are in the description box. He responds to his comments on YouTube and he responds to his messages on Instagram. So before we get into your story then, Kieran, thanks for coming on. How long have you been doing this YouTube channel? I started um, last year when I came out of prison, about six weeks after I got out. And then I was, I'd done a few videos, but then the stresses of life kind of got the better of me. Then I kind of fell off and gave up a bit, do you know what I mean? But then it's like, because I started off, from a, I came out of prison, November 2019. Then I was in a hostel for three months, moved out of the hostel, went into an apartment. That was like temp accommodation. Then when the um, lockdown hit, financial struggles and all that. So I've ended up having, I've ended up losing that, moved in with a relative. I was there for about five, six months. So I was homeless all that time. So September this year, then I moved into my property I'm in now. What kind of stories are you putting up on your channel? It's basically lived experience, everything from where I started, that young kid on the streets, looking up to older peers, then to prison, out of prison, everything what went on in prison, things that happened to me before I went prison and all that, and basically my story when I come out. So your story is based in the Manchester gangs. Yeah. So what gangs were you involved in? We was, like, because that's what I say to everyone. The main gangs in Manchester was Gooch and Dodderton. Started off in, like, the late 80s. Then it went on. Like, Daryl Laycock, he was from the other side. Do you know what I mean? So we was more affiliated to Gooch. I was never actually Gooch, but I was affiliated to Gooch. When I was about... 16, we started our own gang and we called ourselves the Old Trafford Crips because at the time I was listening to like a lot of American West Coast music and the Crips and the Bloods over there and I got fascinated by the Crip lifestyle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I changed everything, like the, my whole attire, everything. I started wearing blue, everything was blue. I had my blue bandana and yeah, that's where it started from. I've actually interviewed Bloods and Crips in prison in Arizona. Yeah. And I'm fascinated by that gang culture. Yeah. So, like, which big names in those gangs was influencing you and were some of the rappers influencing you? Yeah, so but obviously, but from the 90s, growing up, it was always like Snoop Dogg. And he was obviously DPG. And um, there's people out there. And I started listening to a bit more. It's more underground from... Um, a lot of rappers from Sacramento, the yeah. Garden Block. So you got Brother Lynch, X-Rated, COS, although he's not from the Garden Block, he's from like Northgate. But 
still Sacramento. C Bowen, loads of them. Do you know what I mean? So I was just listening to all these rappers, and I'm that's when I started hearing Crip. Then when I'm watching on the um, internet, that I'm seeing the attire and the way they talk and the way they operate. Then I watched um, the movie Redemption, the story of Stanley Tucky Williams. I watched that. Then that was it. From then I said, that's it. I'm a Crip. Not having it. No one can't tell me anything different. This is it. Yeah. Uh, so the UK terminology then for the Crip gang in Manchester, do you guys use the same slang as the Americans? Yeah, we did, yeah. Yeah, like cousin that and loke and all them kind of things and swap the B's for C's and, you know what I mean, all yeah. of that, yeah. It was mad. But funny enough, though, when I first said it, People were saying to me, nah, forget that. We're not having that name. Nope, we're not doing that. That's some American thing. That's stupid. We're not doing that. I said, I don't care. I'm doing it. Then it's, as time went on, it started to catch on. And the same people that were saying, nah, we're not doing that, ended up doing it. So we've got like quite a big audience in America. And I think they're going to be fascinated to hear about a crip out of Manchester yeah. and how that works in relation to the American gangs. So the, the ones I spoke to, they got to be jumped in. Do yeah. you guys do do that? Nah, not really. Didn't really do the jumping in thing. It was more because you know what it was. We was already a group, established group of friends, but people would always affiliate us with Gooch, cause the generation above us was obviously Gooch. Do you know what I mean? So everyone would always affiliate us with Gooch, but it's like nah. Then we started putting our own name out there, so we was like the first generation if you know what I mean. And then after that, it just carried on. So did other gangs in Manchester take the identity of the Bloods? Yeah, 100%. That's exactly what happened. Because obviously where we was saying we was Crips, so then the younger generation of Dodderton then adapted the Mossai Bloods. Do you know what I mean? There was loads of them. There was loads of little gangs and saying, oh, we're Bloods, but the, the one that stuck was Maasai Bloods. And they, in true fashion, became our arch rivals. Now, in America then, you see your rivals kill on sight. Yeah. Same in Manchester. Yeah, all of that is like... It was more... For us, it was more... would see them in town or something and it would just, like, erupt. But it was always an on-site thing. Shootouts and everything else. Do you know what I mean? It was a time in... 2006 where it was there was just so many like tick for tack shootings like literally they would come over to our side there'd be a shooting then when all the armed response come over to our side then we would go over to their side because we know all the police are on our side do you know what I mean it just for about a month or so that just kept happening back and forth back and forth and funnily enough the gangs unit from um, Manchester, they went over to LA to get um, training and gang tactics and all that from the LAPD over there. There's, um, there's, um, there's a newspaper article on YouTube right now. I found, I seen it the other day, so I'm gonna pull it up. This is fascinating because I, I was in America for like almost twenty years, so I missed all this. Yeah. So people call me out. They're like. 
He doesn't know about criminals. He's never been to prison. He doesn't well, know the, the slang. And that's because I don't know a lot of what happened in this country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know all the American prison slang, and the people watching these videos probably wouldn't know the American drug slang and the American prison slang. Yeah. So if if you go to prison in Arizona, it's all racial gangs. So there's mm. four gangs, whites, blacks, Mexicans, Mexican-Americans. So say you're like a black crip or a black blood. The shot callers then tell you guys when you're coming in, all those street gangs, you know, 39th Street, West Crips mm. and all that shit, Forget about all that now. It's all race. Yeah. You are now part of the racial game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your beef is squashed once you step in here. So in the UK prison system, if you're going in as a crip and there's bloods, do you have like um, a war going on in the prison system or is that squashed? No, I would say, because when I first went in, I was in Young Offenders. So in Young Offenders, it's just the land of the lost in it. So there's yeah. no rules, no nothing. It's just on site. Do you know what I mean? Gladiator school. Yeah. Yeah. And then the way it works in the UK, it's like we would have people that are affiliated to us and then they would have people affiliated to them. So the person might not, not directly be a gang member, but he's linked to them. So then they would all team up and then we would have our associates and we would all team up and it was just a madness. But then... When you go into, like, say, the dispersal system, the high security, it's pretty much the same. But rather than race, it's more religion. Religion. Yeah. So it's more, if you're Muslim, then it's like that same thing like in America. But rather than race, it's religion. Do you know what I mean? A few of the guys we've had on have said that the Muslim gang is the most organised in the UK prison system right now. Is that correct? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. So what other gangs are there in the prison system? It's not. It's just, in my personal opinion, it's more the Muslims yeah. and whoever else. Whoever else is yeah. in there. In yeah. Whitemore, there was like a circle of Christians. Do you know what I mean? But then it's like you'll get a lot of people that will look at them and say, oh, they think they're this and they think they're that. But to me, it was just like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And in America, you all go the same religious services. Mm. That's how you all like share information and pass drugs. Is that is that how it works in the UK? Not so much passing drugs, because if you get caught passing drugs in like high security, in Muslim prayers, you're probably going to get done in. Yeah. Uh, is that a, like a, a rule of the gang? Yeah, because it's more like... Just disrespecting the services. Yeah, of course. That's yeah. exactly what it is, yeah. I can see that, yeah. All right, then for the Americans then, particularly... Could you just explain, like, Gooch and Doddington, where they are and, and how it, the gangs grew there? It started off, like I said, in like the late 80s. Do you know what I mean? And it's in Mosside. So in South Manchester, there's an area called Mosside. So there's literally a road that separates both gangs. Do you know what I mean? So one side of Mosside will be Doddington. Then the other side over the road would be Gooch. But then... When you go over the road to Gooch, then across another road would be like Old Trafford and that's where we was from. Down the road would be Hume. Back down the other way would be like Fallowfield and they was all, all these areas are affiliated to Gooch. But then on Dodderton, they've got like Longsight, Stretford and plenty of other areas. But it's more like, they all come under that same umbrella of Dodderton. 
or Gooch. Do you know what I mean? Regardless of what the name is. How long has the division and like the enemies in the warfare gone on? What what started it in the very beginning? I haven't got a clue what started it. There's loads of speculation around. I think a lot of the time they say it stemmed from drugs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like selling drugs and then it starts off just, you know, selling drugs and then you'll have someone say, Oh, don't be selling drugs on our territory and then guns get involved and then when guns get involved people start losing their life and it just spirals out of control. Yeah. I say this all the time. It's like, even with the OT Crips and the Moss Side Bloods, I know nobody can officially stand there and say the reason why we started beefing with you was because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. just, in my personal opinion, it's like growing up in an area and then you're naturally, like I would have always said, Donatan are the enemy before I was even a gang member because I'm born on this side of the road. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you grow up with that mentality and then it just comes from there. So if you then start gang banging, you automatically just keep that whole, they're the enemy, this and that, whatever, whatever. Yeah, we've interviewed a lot of cops on here and undercover cops and stuff. And they say, cause of drug laws, every year you can make more and more money in drugs. And that's an incentive for young people to get into that instead of just like buckling down and getting a normal job and making money slowly and steadily. Yeah. You can just make loads of money. And it's created by the government because yeah. they keep drugs illegal. What What do you think about that? It's just, it's crazy, isn't it? It's like, like you said, the whole, so what a lot of people, and I was guilty of this myself, it's like, rather than sitting and thinking to yourself, slow and steady wins the race. You want you got money on your mind and you want it fast. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That's exactly how I ended up getting involved in all this criminal lifestyle. Because yeah. like I yeah. say all the time, when I was growing up, I've watched my mum work two jobs. So it's me, my sister, and my two little brothers. So I'm watching my mum work two jobs. And times where we had to fend for ourselves because she's at work. Do you know what I mean? We didn't, we didn't really struggle, but we didn't have the best of everything. So when I'm growing up and I'm seeing this, then when I'm exposed to the street life, I'm seeing people that are a few years older than me driving turbo cars. They've got money, watches, chains, choppers. This was in the choppers days and they had the choppers on. So as a kid, I'm sat there looking at that thinking, hold on. So I'm seeing my mum work two jobs. We've not got the best of everything. These lot are on the streets with me morning till night. So obviously, let's go down that road. Do you know what I mean? And that's where it stemmed from for me. I think it's a really important message, especially for people in government and in the police who are currently active, to listen to what Kieran's saying here today, that this could be changed. All this war on drug stuff has got to end. And this ties right into what we're calling for on this channel. These policymakers who've never lived a day in the real world like Kieran has, You've got to start listening to the people with experience. You can't sit in your offices making these policies, oh, we're going to make drugs illegal, drugs are bad, that'll protect the kids. It's had the complete opposite effect. And it's you guys in government and police who could change this. And I know a lot, there's good and bad in every profession, and some people have knocked the cops. 
We've had some cops on here who've changed people's minds because they're totally against this war on drugs. So if you are in the in the police and you are well-meaning and a lot of this crap comes down from the top, the top's telling you go out and make all these arrests, shake these kids down, make all these arrests, fill the private prisons. But it's absolute bullshit and it needs to end. It's destroying society. Everything from knife crime in London, the majority of it, to hundreds of thousands of dead Mexico is coming about because of people competing for that black market in profit in drugs. Doesn't matter whether whether it's, it's Gooch versus Doddington, Bloods versus Crips, Bonanos versus Gambinos. The illegal market in drugs has been the biggest profit opportunity in the history of the world for criminals to make money. And it just gets bigger every year. So it's got to be reversed to be stopped. All right, you touched on your early life, Kieran, then. Um, how did you start getting in trouble then with the cops? It started off for me just being mischievous. Do you know what I mean? Just doing things. Because when I was out on the streets and I'm getting showed like love and respect from my older peers, when you're putting me then back into an environment like school, the teacher can't tell me anything because I've got respect from these older guys. Do you know what I mean? So then I've adapted that mindset and persona. So when I'm going into school, the teacher can't tell me anything. So when teachers are trying to challenge me, I'm resisting. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't tell me anything. Like, oh, why are you late? Because I want you to be. Do you know what I mean? And I've walked in class one day. This is why I got kicked out. Walked into class one day, late, stinking of weed. Teacher's gone, oh, why are you late? So, because I want to be. I went McDonald's. Then some guy says to me, says, oh, you think you're bad, you? I said, shut up, you prick, I'll stab you. Do you know what I mean? Teacher's gone, oh, you threatened to stab me. Get out, get out. Kick me out. Then I got a second chance. I've come back in, but it was the same thing again. Like I just decided to just what ended up being my cold D. He's come to my class one day and I've seen him, so he's snuck into my class. We had a supply teacher. Then um, the teacher saying, "Who are you? What's your name?" So I'm like, "Shut up, man! Don't don't ask him any questions." Then he's gone. All right, both of you get out. So we've gone out. Then we got caught by the head of year. Then we just got kicked out. So they said, "You know, he's just taking the piss." It's kicked us out. And that was it. So one of the first things you got busted for was shoplifting. Yeah, because then that's what we started doing as well. We started, like, shoplifting. Because at this time is when um, PS2s had just come out. So at that time, I think the games were about 50, 40 quid. So at that point, you can't really start going to... Well, I couldn't go to my mum and start, oh, can I have 50 quid for this new game? And whereas so what we used to do, we used to go HMV and rip the alarm off the back. And then just throw it. So we'll have one. One of my mates would have like a bag on his back. We would go through, pretend we're looking at it, rip the um, alarm off and then throw it in the bag. Then just go. I never actually got nicked for it. My friends always did. We had this tall friend. He was about six foot at the age of like 12. Massive he was. But I used to, you know, it's bad to say, yeah. But I used to love going with him. Because yeah. he sticks out like a sore thumb. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We was all like small and... Rip the tags off, put them in, he would do it. And then as soon as you hear the rip, like everyone's looking, you just see him just stood there. Then he, he always got grabbed, so then we would always get off. The first thing I got nicked for was um, criminal damage on a bus. Because we used to rush out of school and try and get the early bus so we could get home earlier. But we had this one bus driver, he hated us, proper hated us. So when we've seen it sim, I knew he, I knew he weren't going to stop, so I've picked up a stone. 
So we put our hand out for the bus. He's not stopped. So I've just gone, fuck off. Threw the um, stone at the bus. Wind is shattered. But then at the time I was thinking, oh yeah, I'm gangster. Yeah, I just smashed the bus window. The bus has stopped. We tried to jump on. Mama said, no, he's ain't getting on. Called the police. And then a few of the kids from school told. Said mm -hmm. it was me. Went home. Got arrested later that night. But then my mum was saying this to me the other day. Well, I've gone in there. So the police are saying, what happened? So I said, I was throwing stones across the road and then the bus drove into the stone. So like, what? I'm saying, yeah, the bus drove into the stone. Like, that, that was my excuse. The bus <laughs> drove into the stone. I said, so you threw the stone You threw the stone at the bus? I said, no, the bus drove into the stone. It weren't me. He said, but if the bus drove into the stone, it would have smashed the windscreen. I said, no, it smashed the side window. That's how fast he was going. Well, I thought I was a mastermind <laughs> criminal, but I wasn't. <laughs> so, street robbery, did you get pinched for that? Nah, th that's the thing with me. You see, like, with all these things that were going on, I never really got arrested. I started getting arrested for... When I started getting arrested, it'll be like we'll be driving in a car underage. Then, when we get nicked in the car, because the car's been through so much... The police would try and pin crazy things on me like robbery and this and that, and but there was never any evidence. So I'd always get NFA and that was my downfall. That was my downfall. Cause even like street robberies and that, we used to do crazy things like just go take someone's um, bank card, get the pin off them, go take 250 pound out, wait till 12 o'clock, take another 250 out. And then it escalated from like street robberies to driving then after that, it was more, when I started driving around, that's when I started getting the attention from the older lot. Because they're saying, look, you're crazy, you know, you're 13 years old and you're driving cars. I'm saying so, but we were seeing them do it. So that then makes us want to do it. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, so I'd always get arrested, but they would put more charges on me. So say we got chased by... um. So I remember this one time was getting chased by the police in um, Vauxhall Carlton. So we're getting chased by the police. We're flying around a roundabout. So as we're flying around a roundabout, it's in like rush hour traffic. So I've had to go on the curb. So when I've gone on the curb, a hero's come out, come running out of spa and tried to stop some. We swerved around him, clipped him, and then we've gone flying down the road. But where it's rush hour, the lane we're supposed to be in was jam-packed so we've had to go in the other lane flying down this road a coach has started coming towards us from the lights over the road so i'm bombing down this road mates are in the my mates in the passenger is like kieran 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 but i know what i'm doing i need to get down this road and take this left so he's like kieran 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 i'm saying chill out man and then we've done the corner got off the way we actually got away from the chase holy shit but one, when we've got away, so as I was going back to where we need to go, I was bombing down this road again. A car's pulled out, but I've had it under control. So I'm braking. My mate's pulled the handbrake up. So he's pulled the back wheels are locked up. We started bouncing off cars. Then we've jumped out and ran, but there was a guy in the back. And then I'm saying to my mate, where's he? He's gone, no, nah, no, nah, he's run that way, he's run that way. So I'm saying, all right, sweet, run off. He's only been in the back of the car, knocked out from the crash. And then we've got off. He's been nicked. A few days later, we got nicked. 
But at that point there, all he had to do was arrest me for dangerous driving. Do you know what I mean? Hit and run. But they threw robberies on me, this and that, and didn't even put the dangerous driving on. When you said NFA, you want to explain to people what that means? So NFA is no further action. So basically, you'll get arrested, then bailed, then a few months later, you either get charged or no further action. Do you know what I mean? So that's NFA. So on the joyriding then, how did they catch you? I've only been I've only been arrested three times for joyriding. Three times, so the one time was that chase I was talking about. Another time where what car was we in? I think we was in a rover two one four. But at this time, this is when we started like um stealing metros. Do you know what I mean? And back then you could just put a screwdriver in a metro and start it. So we're flying around in this metro and we got chased by armed response. But where we've gone down this road and gone through an alleyway, the armed response couldn't fit. So at that point, like young kids, we're thinking, we found the Holy Grail. They can't catch us. Do you know what I mean? They can't catch us. So this is the getaway every time. So this one day, was in this Rover 214. My mate's driving. I'm in the passenger. S3 pulls up behind us, unmarked, starts flashing. We weren't even bothered. We're thinking, huh, yeah, you don't even know what's happening. We, we found it. We've we've got the getaway. So I'm just in the passenger, just chilling, going to, yeah, just go through there. He's gone through there. They've come through. What? No way. They got through it. How did they do it? The plan's been, fu- the plan's failed. And you all that. Then, um, crashed, but my doors got jammed. So when they've jumped out, they've ran. My door got jammed and I just got nicked. Then the third time, this was a mad one. I wasn't even in the car, but again, it was a stolen car. Three of my mates are sat in the car. I was stood outside with two girls. So it was a hot summer's day. We've sent some guy to the shop for ice lollies and that. So he's gone to the shop. We stood there for ages thinking, where is he? So they've gone, oh, we're going to go around and see where he is. All right, sweet. They've gone to go around. As they've gone to go around, we was in a cul-de-sac, by the way. As they've gone to pull out, police have come in that way and one's come running through the alleyway. So I'm looking at them thinking, oh, shit, you's a finish. But I went in the car, so I'm thinking, yeah, sweet. They've been pulled out of the car, sat on the curb, cuffs on. So the policeman's looking at me. This policeman, me and him had this cat and mouse relationship. So he's looking at me. I'm looking at him, but I've got this smug look on my face. And he's like, you're lucky, aren't you? So I'm not lucky. I went in the car. It's nothing to do with me. I told you I'm not a criminal. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, yeah, all right. He's got on the radio and he's gone. Um, so what about Proverbs? I've heard the operator come back and say, yeah, nick him too. What? Nick me for what? I should have just left from the start. So I got nicked then. But same thing again. We've gone in there. They've locked us up for like a string of robberies and all this. Was in the police station for about three days. But at this point, I was on bail for attempted murder. So when I've gone to the station, the custody sergeant, this lady, she's gone to me. Are you on bail for murder? So I've gone, no, it's only in attempts. She's gone, oh, only in attempts. Have you heard him? So she's, she's got the ump with me. So I'm looking at her like, well, why is she so angry? Whatever anyway. So I was in there for three days, got charged. Then they've come to us, these charges at daft o'clock at night. Then they said to us, seven o'clock, you'll be going court. It's all right, sweet. 
Six o'clock, they've opened the door, threw the breakfast packing. Then about half an hour later, they've come back again, but I'm just assuming it's seven o'clock now. So I've got up to go out. The guy's just blocking the door, just looking at me like that. I'm thinking, what's up with him? He's just staring at me. So I'm saying, you're not going to move. He's just staring at me. So I said, all right, sweet. We'll just stand here all day then. Then he's gone, got to the, got to the desk. The custody sergeant's doing the same thing. So I'm saying, why is everyone looking at me like that? And he's pissed off. He's gone, this never happens. This never happens. I said, what never happens? CPS have got back to us and said to drop all charges. So I'm thinking, wow. But I thought it's because I weren't in the car. But I was in Longsight Police Station. So I've come out of the police station and I've ran through Longsight. So at this point, we was labelled as gang members. So I've ran through Longsight where I was in enemy territory. And then got back home. But when I've got back home, I've gone to my mate's house that was in the car with me to get my bike. Knocked on the door. He's there as well. So I'm saying, wow, you got out as well? He's like, yeah, NFA. So I said, oh, sweet. So he's gone, oh, let's go for a walk. And we had our um, police station tracksuits on. Gone for a walk. Walked around the corner. See my other mate and the other guy, the driver. They were there, so I'm thinking, wow. Use here as well. So what happens? So we're all dancing and celebrating. Yeah, no further action. But one of them, like everyone's saying, oh, let's see your charge sheet. I've showed them mine. My mate showed his. My other mate showed his. Then another guy showed us. So I'm saying, wait, that's a charge sheet, bro. You got charged. He's like, oh, yeah, I know. So I mean, what do you mean, you know? He's like, yeah, I know. I said, so what are you dancing for? Why are you celebrating? Then, funnily enough, this guy that got charged, he's the one that went um, QE on me for my index offence when I went to jail. For the Americans, and he became an informant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Came yeah. grass, yeah. So, did he do a lot of damage? Did he know a lot? Yeah. But, to me, it's like, because then, after that, a few months, so from that point on, at that point there, from there, so that was like July 2006. Yeah, July it was, 2006. From that point on is where my life just got real. Everything just got real then. And this individual played a key part in everything what went on in my life. What do you mean your life got real? So from that point on, few months later... I ended up getting shot. So I've got shot after that. Could you take us through that day? So basically, this is what's happened because um, my mum lives behind enemy lines. So she lives in enemy territory. Mm. But at that point, I had that Superman feeling. Do you know what I mean? So I'd, I would just go there anyway. So I'd go there, go see my mum. After that, I would go to the shops on the front. So this one day, I was with my mate. Gone to, gone to my mum, see my mum. Then I've left, gone to the shop. As I've gone in the shop, he stood outside, like basically just seeing what's going on while I'm inside. Then there was two girls there. So he's talking to them. I'm in the shop doing what I'm doing. Then I've come out. As I've come out, the girls are looking at me, but it's normal for them to be looking at me because they're probably thinking, why are you around here? Then we've left. He's not said anything to me. The next day, He's ringing me saying, oh, let's go meet that girl. Let's go meet that girl. 
she wants to meet me, but will you come with me? Honey strap. Yeah. So he's like, will you come with me? So I'm like, I can't be asked, you know. Can't be asked, bro. He's like, nah, come on, man. Come on, man. Later on, I found out. While I was in the shop, she was saying to him, oh, is that KPB? Why is he around there? And he's like, what? He goes where he wants. And she, she says to him, take my number and give it to him. He's give her his number, pretending it's mine. Yeah. So now when they're talking back and forth, she thinks it's me. She's telling me to come and meet her. Do you know what I mean? But he's not telling me this. He's telling me to just come with him. So in the end, I end up saying, all right, sweet, whatever. And I think in the midst of all this, someone from the other side has phoned this girl. But because she's not clued up to what's going on, she's just started speaking. Oh, is this Karen? Is so they're like, yeah, this is Karen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, come meet me now. So then they've gone. Are you strapped when you go in an enemy territory? Not, not at this point, because I was just, to me, it was just running a mission with him. He wasn't a gang member at this point. He was never a gang member. I was, but he wasn't. So it's, to me, it was just like running a mission with him. We'd do these things all the time. So that's happened. So I've gone, decided to go with him. Maddie's part about the story. This individual never went. It was me and two or three others. Then we've gone there. So as we're on our way there, we've gone through this like little estate thing and we've seen this girl and she started shouting me. But she's saying, oh, Kieran Proverbs Brown. So I'm saying, shut up, man. Don't be saying my government name out here. In the... Do you know what I mean? But then there was three other guys at a house next door to us from my side, from the other side. So they've seen me. Bloods. Yeah. So they've seen me. I've seen them. Because she said my name. Now they're thinking, oh, so I pretended I had something. I didn't have anything, but I pretended I had something like, what? What? Don't look at me. Move from around there. But they've just kept quiet. They obviously know what's about to happen to me. Do you know what I mean? But I'm just thinking, again, Superman feeling that everyone's scared of me. Do you know what I mean? Gone there. Got to the location. This girl lived in a park. Like, you know, sometimes you have houses in a park. She lived in the park. So we're cutting through this park. The man that turned informant on me, he was next to me, but I was on my phone speaking to the girl. What shot me? I'm saying, listen, you can't be shouting my name like that out there. What are them three guys doing? It's like, oh, they're buying a beat off the guy. The guy next door was a producer or something. They're buying a beat off him. So I'm like, whatever. The informant guy, he's saying to me, who's all that over there? Just calm. Anything's like, who's all that over there? I'm saying, where? He's like, there. Where? There. So I shut the fuck up, man. Stop chatting shit. Then... I've realised that there is literally where the cameras are. So I've locked up. I've got guns in my face. Like, oh, back up, back up. But I was laughing and joking with them. Like, oh, yeah, whatever. They're laughing at, laughing at me. Do you know what I mean? But I thought they're laughing with me. Then it's turned all hostile. Back up, back up. So I'm thinking, wow. So that's when I've gone to run. As I've gone to run, ran into a dead end. Ran through a bush, but it turned out to be a dead end. Oh. So I've had to run back into the crowd. That's Shit. when the first shot's gone off. Got me in my leg. Then I've managed to run through the crowd, kept running. Then I caught one in my back. That just went straight through, come out my stomach. Then the last one was on air. But it, um, they put the gun 
literally on my back. So it was a nine millimeter. Shot it. And it threw me to the ground. Oh. So I'm on the ground. That's when we started scuffling and all that. Then he got the gun to my head. So they're like, oh, as they've got the gun to my head, they're saying to me, go and get them. But the people I'm with, they weren't gang members. So I'm saying, forget them. It's me you want, obviously, innit? Leave them, let them go. So that's gone on. So me and him got into scuffling. Got so put... You're all shot up and you're having a fight. Yeah, now. but they got the gun to my head. And they're like, you know, you're dead. So we're just going back and forth. I'm saying, go on, pull it, pull it. He's pulled it, but it's jammed. It's clipped. Oh, fucking so now that's when, like, we started scuffling. So now I've, end I've ended up with the gun. It's going on, going on. Then that's when everyone came back and then they all just rushed me, smashed my head in. So when you said it was a crowd of people, is that all enemy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You tried to run, because you got a dead end, you tried to run back through yeah. them. So, so you're just, eight, eight or ten. just trying to make the most of the situation. Yeah, just thought, yeah, fuck it. Do you know what I mean? <sighs> got into a fight and all that. They've rushed me and up smashing my head in. Then they've left. Then as I've left, I was phoning another one of my mates. So I'm saying, come and get me. Another one that was with me. He's got all scared, got paranoid, thought that Dave had me held captive and I was phoning him to set him up. But I'm saying to him, yeah, I found this out years later, I'll get into that in a minute. I don't know how you even function at this point because I had a 9mm Glock. It's like the police issue out there. I know how powerful they are. Yeah. That must have just been right by your spine where you just showed me. Yeah, is that, you know what's happened? It's hit off like my shoulder blade. Yeah. So it's, it's hit off my shoulder blade and then gone down it ended up down here yeah do you know what I mean you didn't mess with your spine yeah because it was on an angle yeah do you know what I mean I think if it was just like straight it would have just gone straight but where it's on an angle it's just luckily it's just tore through all the muscles and just ended up down here That's a, that is a miracle yeah it is so you was, you're scrapping these guys now on just pure adrenaline yeah just pure adrenaline the heart's racing I can feel my like uh, wounds leaking much blood coming out or not at this point. Not at this point. This is the weird part about it. It's like, when I've left, because then they've ran off, so I'm still on the ground. So then I've got up and then left out the park, gone onto the main road. So that's when I've started phoning people to come and get me. Then I just felt myself going, felt myself going, but I refused to go to sleep until the ambulance come. Are you still I mean? surrounded by enemy when you feel yourself passing out? No, no, no. They had gone. They, they ran just, off. They just, all right, because yeah. the cops are coming or something. No, nah, it's just, you know, we was there for too long. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, just too hard. For me, like, if that was me on the opposite side of it, we had been there for too long. Yeah. If shots are going off, as soon as shots go off, someone's going to contact the police, aren't they? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, was there yeah. for too long. They've left. Then I've left. But no, I, Knowing that then, were you banking on the shots bringing help to save your life? The maddest part about it, yeah, at that point in my life, it was more like a badge of honour. Do you know what I mean? go out like that. Yeah. So when I was leaving, when I was, after they ran off and I've got up and walking away, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm dying. I'm thinking, I can't wait to tell, like, everyone tomorrow. So you've just doubled back into the, the hostile crowd, shot three times. Yeah. Bleeding out, going unconscious. And at this moment now, you're thinking, at least I went out in like on the battlefield yeah, in a blaze yeah. of glory, like, like the Vikings. Yeah, blaze of glory. If I do survive, I can't wait to tell everyone tomorrow. 
and like that was it. But it was an old man walking his dog what saved me. What? Yeah. Because when I've gone out, I phone, I was phoning my mates. He was messing about. Then I phoned the ambulance, but the ambulance was asking me crazy questions. So I'm thinking, why are you asking me these stupid questions? Yeah. So I'm saying, forget you. An old man's gone past walking his dog. So as he's gone past, he's seen me lay on the floor, but he's probably thought I was pissed up or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And he's come back like 20 minutes later, seen me still there and gone, are you all right? So I'm like, nah, I've just been shot. So then he's come rushing over like, what's going on? Give me your phone. So he's phoning the ambulance. I'm shouting at him. I'm saying, leave him. They want me dead. Leave him. (laughs) He's getting mad at me. Stop talking shit. Stop talking rubbish. So I'm like, oh, fucking hell, you told me. Then, um... But then they started messing him about. But then the ambulance has turned up. So when the ambulance has turned up, he's saying, he's phoning the ambulance. He's saying to me, oh, the ambulance is here. Then he's phoning the 999 back saying, what are they doing? Come down the road. But now I know that um, the ambulance can't come until arm response, secure the scene. Do you know what I mean? So I was waiting for arm response. Arm response have come flying down the road, almost ran me over. I'm thinking, you know, mate, I just look like I've survived the shooting, but you've also almost ran over me, Ed. They've come out, cut me out of my clothes, had me lay on the street. So this is a December night, raining, just lay there in my boxes. About four um, armed officers around me. I'm thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, man. Like, then they put me in the ambulance and I didn't I didn't go until I went in the ambulance. That's when I like, thought, you know what, fuck it. Just fell asleep. Then I woke up in the trauma unit. As you're passing out in the ambulance, you're thinking, these guys are going to save me. I'm in safe hands. Are you thinking, I can't just stay conscious anymore. Maybe I'm going to die. Yeah, I think subconsciously I was thinking, because I was fighting it, because I felt myself going. But then the old man saying to me, don't go to sleep, don't go to sleep. But then as soon as the ambulance come, as soon as I've gone into the ambulance is when I've gone. So I think subconsciously, that's what I was thinking. You know, I'm in safe hands now, so leave it to them. Do you know what I mean? Oh, this is like a scene out of a movie, isn't it? It was. It, it felt like that. Then I've, I remember just going into the back of the ambulance, falling asleep, and then waking up in the trauma unit and all my family was still around me crying. So I'm thinking... Why is everyone crying? What's going on? Like, what's going on? So everyone, I've, but when I'm when I'm coming back around, that's when I can hear everyone saying, he's waking up, he's waking up. Do you know what I mean? So I, I don't know how long I was asleep for. I need to find out. I don't know how long I was asleep for. Because I just heard everyone saying, oh, he's waking up, he's waking up. As I've woke up, I just got all, when I've woke up, that's when all the nurses and that have come in. And then just doing madness. Doing madness, I was thinking like, I'll never forget it. This is a mad part about the story, yeah? I've never said I've never told anyone this before. So the nurses have come in. So where I've I've got a um, gunshot wound in my abdomen. So they're looking at that. Then they're saying, Oh, he's got one of these up there saying, Oh, medical stuff. I'm thinking, what the hell are you talking about? The nurses flipped me on my side and then just gone, fuck off. Put a finger in me, I said, like, hey. and then he's gone, Oh, it's good to see you're not paralyzed. So I'm thinking, wow, what the hell was that? Do you know what I mean? But I think it was, te- I don't know what the hell they do, but testing to see if I was paralysed, do you know what I mean? Or to see if anything was damaged, I hope. Did they have to take the bullets out? Just that one. Just that one. The leg one was in and out. The one down here was in and out. But it's just this one where it was done on an angle. It's hit off my um, shoulder blade, spun down, ended up down here to my lower back. Did they show it you? Yeah. 
showed with me because then, then after I've woke up, I've been rushed off to um, theatre. You know what I mean? So they rushed me off to theatre. But while I was in the unit, while the nurses were doing what they're doing, there was a policeman in there, Scottish guy. But I always knew him from around the area. So as far as police officers go, he was all right. Do you know what I mean? So we would always banter. Like if I didn't have anything on me, I would banter with him. Do you know what I mean? So I'll fuck off and do you know what I mean? Then this day he's he's in the he's in the in the trauma unit with us and he's like, fucking hell, Karen, what have you done this time? What the fuck are you talking about? He's like, oh, do you think someone's got a bounty on your head? I said, bounty? What the what are you on about? Move about bounty. Then he's gone, no, no, it's just about 20 of your friends outside and the the block in the doorway, they won't let no one in. So I'm thinking, wow, oh, who told them? Do you know what I mean? So when I was being rolled off to theatre, the nurses said to me, said, oh, look that way. That's where all your friends are. And I've looked, seeing gang of people just at the door, blocking the doorway, not letting no one in. But it's just, at, that, at this point in my life, I was just too involved. Do you know what I mean? So I threw up a gang sign and then just gone. What operations are you having to have and how long is it taking to recover? I had operation on my leg because I had nerve damage. So I've had an operation on my leg. They were talking about fixing the nerve or doing something to the nerve. Might have to have this reconstructive surgery and all that. I had one ear to check uh, my intestines. Then I just had that one there to get the bullet out of the back. But that was just like a little slice. So just pop the bullet out. The main one was my leg, because then I've had my leg in a splint, do you know what I mean, to hold it in position. So what they said, there's a risk that you might get flat foot, do you know what I mean? So I had that. Then I, what they done then, I because of this operation, I had to get transferred from Manchester Royal Infirmary to Withenshaw Hospital. So then I've, again, like a lot of this process was just feeding my ego. So now I've gone from MRI to Withenshaw um, Hospital, but I was on an armed guard. Do you know what I mean? So I'm in the hospital. You've got four um, armed response in the in the back with me. Vans, cars, helicopter. So I'm in there, but we're flying because we're flying there. So this guy's got the MP5 and he's looking at me. I'm lay there and he's got this MP5 and we're flying over. He's. I'm thinking, mate, don't even try and pretend. Fucking, it went off by accident. Do you know what I mean? But then we got there. Then I was on an armed guard in there. But they weren't letting no females in, um, males in. They was only letting females in. Because that was what one of the um, higher-ups have said. Not to let any males in, just females. So I couldn't get any visitors. So I've had to tell them to stand down. They've gone. Then as they've stood down, that was the day one of the enemies have come in, into the room. So he's come into the room. But I didn't recognise him. I don't, to this day, I don't know who he is. He's only one of my mates. When I've said his name, that's when he's like, yeah, he's one of them. Because I was in his room. So remember in the hospital, I don't even know if they still got him. Like the, uh, the phone, but it's got the little TV on. So I was in his room. So where I've gone in there, it's got his name on. So it's saying, hello, Mr. blah de blah do you know what I mean? So this one day, as soon as the police have gone, because the police were saying to you, are you sure you want us to stand down? Are you sure you're on your own if we don't? I'm saying, whatever, man. 
So they're saying at six o'clock, shift change, we're going to stand down. All right, sweet. By eight o'clock, this guy was in my room. Holy shit. So he's like, um, are you that kid that got shot in Stretford? So I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, so you're from around there? So I'm like, yeah, yeah. Then he's gone, Who'd you think, who you who shot you then? But it was them gooch boys. When he said that, my ass has fell out. So I thought, oh, for fuck's sake, here we go. I'm in there, got a catheter in, my legs in a splint. So I'm thinking, I, I couldn't do anything if I tried. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was, I think it was them. So he's like, oh yeah, yeah. You know what? We'll find out who it was, rude boy. We'll get him, we'll get him. So I'm like, yeah, 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 we'll get him, we'll get him. He's going, do you smoke weed in that? I said, yeah, now and again. He's like, do you want to come out for a spliff? So I'm like, just can't move, bro. I've got the catheter in. My leg's in a splint. I can't move, bro. He's like, yeah, I'll get you in a wheelchair, man. Push you out. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. I'm sweet, I'm sweet, I'm sweet. I'm all right, I'm all right. I'm like, yeah, yeah. All right, rude boy, safe, yeah? And then he's looking around. He's gone, I was in this room. They moved They moved me out to put you in here. Then I seen all the five all coming. So I thought, mm, yeah. Yeah, it's mad, in it, bro? Yeah, yeah. I had no phone, no nothing. So then he's left. So I'm thinking, shit. Then that night, I'm just sat there thinking, oh, my God. But then when he kept coming in and giving me the morphine, and I've ended up just passing out anyway. Next day, my family's come. I'm saying, listen, get me a phone. I need a phone. I need a phone. And I'm like, why, what's up? But that was the thing. You see, when I was living my life, I lived a double life. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I never let my family know what was going on outside. They knew I used to hang around with certain people. Like when the police come to the house to raid the house looking for me, the police would be saying to my mum, he's hanging around with some heavy hitters. Like, you need to like move him away kind of thing. So my mum's just got that in her red. So she thinks I'm just with these guys and they're getting me to do crazy things. Like, you know, when the police raid the house with guns and all that. But she didn't know until I got out of prison. That's when I told her. She's thinking that they're making me do things. But I'm saying to her, it was never that, you know. Like, I was kind of leading the pack. So, this is why I feel they took it so hard. Because they're thinking that all these things are happening to me because of my company I'm keeping. Do you know what I mean? So then, that's gone on. Got my phone. This is when, like I said, everything started going downhill. Because the guy what turned informant, he's come to visit me in the hospital. So then when he's come in, he's with a few others. But you know when someone's, they're just off. So he was off. So I'm thinking, what's up with you? So I'm saying, what's up, bro? What's up? And he's like, oh, I'm nothing, nothing, nothing. But a lot of people were coming in where they're seeing me in that state. They was getting upset. So I just thought it was that. Two detectives have walked in. So a detective sergeant and a DI have come in. So then um, I'm saying to them, what do you just want, man? Like, you keep, you keep coming here, I've told you, no statement, no, nah, no. So I like, calm down, we're not here to see you. So I'm like, what do you mean you're not here to see me? And he's gone, we're not here to see you, we're here to see him. And then took him out of the room. So when they've took him out of the room, we're all looking at each other like, wow, what's going on there? Then he's come back in, the policeman's looked at me and smiled, so I'm like, yeah, fuck off. Then he's gone. So I'm saying to him, I'm saying, right, what was all that about? And he's like, um, 
oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. I said, no, forget all that. What was all that about? And he's gone, no, because when I ran out of the park, I got stopped by an officer. And he says a well-known officer's name. So I, where he said his name, I thought, maybe, innit? He's gone, he stops and search me. But when he stops and search me, I've said, get off me, Kieran's just been shot. And rare, rare, rare. So then he's gone, Kieran's just been shot, eh? Put him in the back of the car and then took him. So then he's saying, he told him I'd been shot, but he doesn't know who it was. That's what he said to me. Then a few, after he's left, I'm saying to people, keep an eye on him. Do you know what I mean? And we need to speak to him. Then he's left. Then as they've left, a few days later, the police have come in to me and gone, we've got such and such and such and such in custody. So I'm playing dumb like, what? why? Why them? He's going, well, we have reason to believe that it was them what done what done the shooting. So I'm saying, no, I've not got any problems with them. Do you know what I mean? Put that down. But they've obviously wrote down what I've said, but I've not signed it. Left. Then that's when like, people started contacting me from the other side saying, look, listen, you can actually help because your statement, so now I've made it an official statement. Do you know what I mean? To help them out, to get them out. Before I've left, before I left the hospital, I'm phoning people saying, where's he? The informant said he's disappeared. I said, fuck off, don't lie. So yeah, he's disappeared. That's when I found out he's gone into witness protection and he's gone missing. Then after that, things started happening because my index offence happened before I got shot. Do you know what I mean? So that's why I was on bail for attempted murder at that point. Because I think that happened in about April 2006. So I was still on bail for the attempted murder when I was when I got shot and when I got arrested for all them things. So when I've come out of hospital, I think it was about a few weeks later, because when I've come out of hospital, I was sat, I sat down for about a week or so. Then we got back out there. So I was, I was riding around on my pedal bike, a splint on my leg. So what I would do, I would turn up because I was still on my crutches. So I'd turn up on my crutches in a taxi, get out of the car, leave my crutches in someone's house, get on my bike and then just go. But where I'm on my bike, I can't stop. Because if I stop, I'm, I've only got one foot, do you know what I mean? So then we'll just go. So we're on a mission, we're rolling. Then we'll have to get back then get my crutches and head out again in a taxi. But while all this is going on, because we're all thinking about retaliation, so when all this is going on, I've not even realised this guy's disappeared. We need to find him. Do you know what I mean? So he's just gone AWOL. He's give his, give his evidence, give his statement. The people got convicted. Then a few weeks later, I was sat in my house, in my sister's actually. Then... The police have come, but the police kept coming, kept coming and locking me up. They would come in the house, raid the house, arrest me, and then de-arrest me on the spot. But again, I've got this mentality, Superman feeling, invincible. Not realising that they're building a case against you. Do you know what I mean? Then I think the last time they came, so this would have been about from July up to September, yeah, so July 2007 up to September, they just kept coming to the house, raiding my house like twice a week, just kept raiding the house. Then the last time they've come in and gone, um, 
were arresting you for um, a shooting, what happened on Stamford Street in 2006. When he said that, I just looked at him and smiled. I thought, yeah, you have got me in it. You, you aren't going to arrest me again for the same thing that you've just given me no further action for if you haven't got more evidence, you know what I mean? And that's when I went to jail. Yeah, that's what got me. I thought the cops had to catch me, like, with the drugs. But four people cooperated, yeah. and that's, that started the case. Because uh, people think they got to, cops got to catch you with the drugs. All it takes is someone from your past to speak to the cops, and they've yeah. got you. That's evidence, a witness. And there's a statute of limitations. On drugs, it's seven years in Arizona. But murder, there's no statute of limitations. So someone comes up from your past and goes to the cops, you're fucked. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what happened. I've got a question then, just going back to um, what you said about visiting your mum's house in enemy territory. So the old school mafia don't harm women, don't harm kids. Now you see the cartels wiping out entire people's families. Were do the Manchester gangs draw the line if your mum was in enemy territory and shit was kicking off? Would they do a drive-by on her or do they respect the families and no, they don't do things like that? Similar, similar to, well, for me personally, like, I had that same rule, no women, no kids. Yeah. Like, I've been in situations where I've caught rivals with their parents. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I remember this one time we seen one guy with his mum. So then this geezer was allegedly there when I got shot and this yeah. was after I'd been shot. So we've seen him. One of my mates have gone, yeah, there's my man. So I'm like, right, where? So he's gone there. So I'm saying, all right, sweet. But he's with his mum. So I'm saying, leave it. He's with his mum. Said to him, if we catch you another time without your friends, it is what it is. But one guy is with me. He's just going, oh, mad now, nah, forget that. His mum's kicking. I'm saying to her, look, listen, it's not that, in it. It's not that. We're not going to do anything to you, son. But then we've let him go. But then when he's going, I've seen him get on his phone straight away. So when he's got on his phone, I know he's calling his mates. So the one guy that was hyping up, I'm saying to him, look, listen, he's coming back with his friends. If anybody runs, you're getting a beat down when we get back to the ends because we was in the city centre. So we know it's not going to be a shooting. It's just going to be like, at worst, knives, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So we've left, gone and gone to the home design store, bought ourselves some knives and gone back. As we was on our way back, we've seen some guys from Cheetah Mill. Then the Cheetah Mill guys have said to us, they've gone, yeah, We've just seen about 20 of them. So I'm thinking, wow, there's only about six or eight of us. So I'm thinking, wow, it, it's on in it. What can we do now? We, we have to get it on. Reminded everybody again. Said, listen, anybody runs when we get back, you're getting a beat now. No, no, I'm not running. I'm not running. All right, sweet. We get there. What happens? As soon as we seen them, as soon as we spotted them, the same guy that was going mad, that said he's not running, giving it the big one, he's gone, there they are, there G, grabbed his hat like the artful dodger, that scene out of Oliver Twist, and just bombed <laughs> off, he's got low and just bombed off, so I'm saying, what are you running for? But I had just been shot, even if I wanted to run, I couldn't have oh, run, yeah. do you know what I mean? And at the, my right hand man, he was with me as well, he had just been shot as well, so we're just there, two wounded guys, they've all ran off, but I know, my right hand man, I know he's not going to run off, do you know what I mean? So I, in that situation, I knew he was certified. He's not going to run off. There's a few others there. Weren't too sure, but to give them the due, they didn't run off. It's gone off. Got into this scuffle. Mad scuffle in town. Um, pedestrians and civilians are walking by. 
everyone's just it's just going off shouting insults fighting we've ended up backing them up they've gone then they've just left a few insults got shouted people started spitting at each other and that then they've just left we've gone back gone back to where we was going we get back the guy sat there the one that ran off he sat there like what happened what do you mean what happened bro then we just rushed him but yeah so for me and as long as my mum lived there, nothing ever happened. So even again, paid due to the other side, they had the same mentality as us. Do you know what I mean? Some people would breach that, but it's like, if you breach that, then you're opening the floodgates for it to happen to you. And no one really wants it to happen to them, do they? No, they don't. One sec, I'm just going to put my jacket on. All right, Kieran, do you want to run down then how you ended up with this attempted murder charge? Yeah, so um, basically what's happened was same thing again, like we were saying at the start. An argument's broke out between a few of my associates and another guy over drugs. Yeah, so he's in the area selling drugs, whatever. Incidents happened where the guy, the, the individual has ended up getting shot up. So he's driving down the road and I think he got. I think his car got shot up about three times or something. But then he's got a few of my associates locked up for that. So now they're on remand. And stranger is on the cat A unit for conspiracy to murder. So now there's talk around the area saying, "Oh, he's a snitch and whatever else." Yeah. So now I'm saying to everyone, he has to go. Like, why is he round it? Do you know what I mean? Like, why is he still here, knowing that? He's give evidence on certain people. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah. But at this point, I was about 16 or 17. So no one's not really taking me serious when I'm saying certain things. So I did ask for, you know what? Forget you lot. Do you know what I mean? So now I've started terrorising them. So I'm going outside the house and that's saying, you snitches, move from around there. You got people locked up and they would never confront me. Do you know what I mean? So they're just leaving me to it. Just one day I was driving through town driving through town I was sat in the back my mate was driving we've seen them in traffic so I'm just saying you snitches like doing gun fingers at them and that's saying you snitches you snitches they're not saying anything pulled up got to some traffic lights we're here they're there police are in front of us now we're driving no license no insurance or anything they've all got licenses because they was older than us so I'm seeing the police I'm thinking everyone say to me chill now chill police are there all right, sweet, so I was chilling. What happens? These lot jump out of the car, making a scene, getting all excited. What do you mean? Snitch started punching the car, kicking the car. I was looking at him says, this is what I mean, he's a snitches. Drove off. The police didn't even do that. Police just left it. We've left. They've ended up getting hired help. Some guy, one of their family members or something, they've got hired help. He's come down. So he's thinking that he's 10 men. At this point, so then he's running around saying to people, like, oh, when I see them this and when I see them that and rare, rare, rare and this and that. I heard about all this, but I just thought, whatever, man. Because at that point, that was my mentality. Then what's happened? I think a few of my, like, younger lot, they've gone and done something. I think they've kicked off someone's um, door and robbed the car keys or something. So now he's then saying that it was me. Do you know what I mean? He's saying, oh, I need to speak to him, I need to speak to him. So I'm like, 
speak to me about what? So this one day I was still outside the shop and I've had this little um, key fob gun around my neck. I used to wear it around my neck in the summer. So I'm just outside the shop while my mate's in the shop. I've seen him come walking up the road. So as he's come walking up the road, I've seen him. So I thought, oh, here we go. Do you know what I mean? So he's coming, walked up the road. Then I can see him staring at me and then he's walked towards me. So well, I'm sat on my bike at this point. So I'm saying, what? And he's gone. Who robbed that car? I'm saying, what you on about? What car? Because at this point, I honestly didn't know what he was on about. So I'm saying, what car? He's like, that car off such and such a street. I'm like, I don't know. You on about? I heard it was you. So can you see a car? He's like, nah, but I know it was you. Then he started going on with himself. You think you're bad because you've got guns and rare, rare, rare. We got guns too and whatever. So I said to him, mate, you don't even realise what's going on, you know. I said, I could blow your head off right now with this thing. But you're not even worth it. Move, you snitch, and fuck off with all them. So he's going, all right, all right. Watch, watch. We'll see you tonight. We'll see you tonight. I said, you daft cunt. I'll get the 4-4 and take your head off. Left. And then I just thought nothing of it because these things would happen all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like people, empty threats and saying stupid things. So remember, at the time, I was still 17. So these lot are like 23, 20, they're older than me. So a lot of the time, people would just say things thinking that they're scaring me. But it wasn't happening. So I've left. And I was sat at the youth club. Then I decided, you know what, fuck it, I'm going home. Gone home. I was, I was at my mum's at this point. So I'd got, I went back to my mum's. As I've got there, I've seen a few of my mates down the road. So I've gone to them and I can see one of my mates on the phone. This was my good friend from school. He's on the phone and he's chatting to my man on the phone saying, oh, he's here now, he's here now. So I'm looking at him saying, what, who's that? But he's being a bit weird with me. So I'm thinking, but this would happen all the time because at this point, I was a gang member and these were non-gang members. So when I come around, everyone starts being weird. So he's gone, oh, he's here now, he's here now. So I'm saying, who's that? But he's put the phone down. Then he's gone, rah. My man's saying he wants to shoot out. So I'm saying, who? At that point, my phone started ringing. So I picked, I picked up the phone saying, hello. He's like, yeah, I told you, didn't I? I told you. There's 12 of us here. Six guns. We're looking for you. I heard you at, I heard you at your mum's. We're coming there now. So I've gone, nah, I'm not at my mum's. I'm not at my mum's. Where are you? I'll meet you. So he's gone, oh, we're on Ayers Road coming to you now. Now, Ayers Road, it's one of the main roads through Old Trafford. So I've gone. So I've said to these lot that I'm with, so this little dickhead wants to shoot out. Is he mad? Then I've left. But the same one that went um, informant on me, he was with me. So he's like, oh, I'm coming, I'm coming. I'm saying, nah, you stay in here, don't come. Then I've gone. But then he's followed me anyway. Gone there, got to Old Trafford, went and got the um, firearm. Then I'm riding to where he was because people, every it's like every point I would get to, it's like a checkpoint. Someone would be like, yo, they're looking for you. So where are they? Gone down there. Go to another one. Oh, they're in a, they're in a blue Mercedes Sprinter van. All right, sweet. Gone there. Went and got the firearm because the street that happened, and it happened on Stamford Street in Old Trafford. So one half of Stamford Street's here. Then there's Ayers Road, the main road. Then you go on to like the other side of Stamford Street. They was on the other side of Stamford Street. So I've gone on this side, gone into the alleyway, went and got it out of the back garden. Come back down the street, and as I'm coming down the street, kids are coming out of the mosque. 
But this is why it's mad in the area because the kids are coming out of the mosque. I'm talking like seven, eight year old. And they're saying to me, oh, be careful. They've got guns. They said they're going to kill you. I'm saying, don't worry about it. Go home, go home. But then it's like the kids are just exposed to this crazy lifestyle. Do you know what I mean? And it's for a seven year old to say that. But anyway, carried on. Then as I've got there, I've seen the van and I can just see a load of figures around it. Then there was some guy that come out of his house, ended up being a good friend of mine afterwards. Then he's gone, oh, are you man strapped? Meaning if he's got a gun. Then I've gone, yeah, yeah. He's gone, yo, them man are strapped too. I'm going inside. So he's running inside. So as I've gone there, I can see loads of people. I've only got a one pop shotty, sawn off shotty. So I'm thinking, oh, Keenel, here we go. I'm thinking there's 12 and with six guns. So I'm just ready for a hail of bullets. Do you know what I mean? So I've just gone in, just gone in reckless and just let the first shot off. As I've let the first shot off, they've all scattered and started to run away. So then I've, I've chased after the, um, the cousin, the one that was ringing me, chased after him. He's ran into the back of the van and shut the door. So now I've ran around the side of the van and then the driver, so the, vic the, the, geezer, the victim in the case that got shot, he was that guy's cousin. Do you know what I mean? This is why it ended up as a conspiracy to murder and an attempted murder. So the conspiracy was on the cousin what was phoning my phone, the hired help, but then his cousin was the driver. So where he's jumped into the back of the van and shut the door, I've gone round the side and as I'm going round the side, I'm reloading. Do you know what I mean? So he's trying to start the van. The, the cousin's trying to start the van. But I'm just looking at him thinking, start this van, mate, because I honestly, I don't want to have to kill you, but it's on now, ain't it? Do you know what I mean? So he's starting the van, starting the van. So I'm reloading. As I've snapped it, the van started, but I've already reloaded now. So I've just gone bang through the passenger side window. Window shattered. I've seen him like hit the steering wheel kind of thing. So I'm thinking, wow, here we go. But I thought he was dead. So now he's, the van started moving, but it's going slow and he's over revving. So I think he's just riding the clutch. Do you know what I mean? So I'm thinking, oh, he's gone him. So I've just stood there and watched as the van went away because he was coming up to a turn. So I thought he's just going to go straight into that wall. Then the van turned and I thought, fuck off, he's alive. Do you know what I mean? As I've turned, I've seen a Mazda 626 next to me with four guys in that just looking at me. You're with them as well. So that's when we've jumped on, I jumped on that car bonnet trying to reload again. But then they've all jumped out the car. Windows started getting smashed. People dragging them out the windows, battering them. But I'm trying to reload. But then they've all scattered. So I've jumped off the car, chased them. One of them's grabbed me. So get off me. Knocked him on the head with the shotty. Then they've run off. But I I knew I was going to jail. I knew it. it was too obvious. So many different people seen me and people were shouting my name. Like, Kieran, Kieran, what are you doing, Kieran? Like, do you know what I mean? So I'm thinking, you lot have called me here. Why are you shouting my name? But then there, yeah, I got arrested for it in 2006. Got bail for ages. Then I got no further action. Then they came back and got me again in 2007. So, I wrote a book about a banana crime family associate called Two Tonys, and he said he was in the military in the Navy. When you join the military, 
you're a killer. It's kill or be killed. You're signing up. And he says, in the mafia, you're not harming women or kids. You sign up. You, you know, at any moment you can kill your rivals. Any moment your rivals can kill you. So when you saw that guy leaning over the, the fucking um, steering wheel and you thought he was dead, what was going through your mind? Was you like, this is a war and I've just took out one of the enemy? Yeah, I just thought, honestly, I'm stood there with everything going so fast. I thought he's dead him. I thought he's dead. Do you know what I mean? But then when I seen the car hit the corner, in a way it was like a bit, a, a breath of fresh air because I thought, you know what? He's not dead. Because as mad as it is, I always knew what was going to happen because remember, he's got a few of my associates locked up previous. Do you know what I mean? And it was us. Even at the time, I knew it was it, it's harmless stuff. Do you know what I mean? At any given time, we could have just de-escalated the situation, but due to my mindset and immaturity, I was just willing to go to whatever lengths I had to. Do you know what I mean? But that's happened throughout history. Yeah. If you've watched the Vikings or the Last Kingdom, there's always people just having beefs and just fucking battling it out and killing each other. Yeah. It's like a modern day version of that, but now you've got drug laws adding fuel in it all so people get the money from the drugs and then they buy the weapons with the money from the drugs and it just escalates to the murder level very quickly with the weapons. That's all that's changed. So you are already adjusted to going to prison? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Did you think, right, all right, I've done this now, I'm going to get the fuck away from the crime scene, get rid of this weapon, these bastards aren't going to catch me? No, I've left and then went to my friend's house. The neighbour's saying to me, what's going on? So I'm like, I've just shot him down the road. He's gone, what? I said, I just blasted him. And then started telling him story. He said, you're hot, you get off, go. So I'm like, all right, sweet. Then I've left. Then, because I knew he was coming for me, I'm, I, I stayed away from my mum's. I didn't go to my mum's house. Then a few days later, about a week or so later, that's when they've come and raided my mum's house, armed police. Then, so I was on the run for a bit then. And then... I ended up I ended up handing myself in actually because they've contacted my solicitor and said, listen, we'll stop going through doors if he comes and hands himself in. Now at the time when they came to my mum's, my little brother opened the door because for anyone that don't know, when our response come, they'll knock on the door and then go back. Do you know what I mean? And then they'll stand there with the guns and surround the house and then have the guns at the windows and all that. So my mum's seeing that through the window. My little brother's not realised he was young at this point. He would have been about, probably about six years old. So he's ran to the door thinking that it's his dad. He's saying, it's, his, it's my dad, it's my dad. My mum's saying, don't open the door. He's like, it's my dad. So he's opened the door, then police in his face with guns. Then that's when he started shouting, telling me to come out of the house. But then I think my brother's saying something, he's not here, he's not here. Do you know what I mean? Then they've come in. Searched the house and I weren't there. Then they've gone. But at that point there, like knowing that my little brother had seen it, I didn't really want that for my people. Do you know what I mean? So now I've just gone and handed myself in. But when I was in there, I was prepared to go to jail. So I've gone to the police station, no phone, no nothing, just ready to go to jail. Then they've interviewed me, done the ID parade and all that. Then um, they've come to me and said, where was you staying? So I'm saying, I was at my mum's. They're like, no, you wasn't. I said, I was at my mum's. They're going, tell us where you're staying. We'll give you bail. I'm like, hey, right. attempted murder? No, you're not. Tell us where you were staying. 
We'll give you bail. But the policeman's the same one that come in in the hospital and smiled at me. It was him. Do you know what I mean? Because then even me and him had that same cat and mouse relationship. Um, detective sergeant he was. So he's saying to me, listen, tell me where he was and you'll get bail. He says, there's no evidence on you. He says, to be honest, I don't think you did it. I think you know who done it, but I don't think you did it. Because it was him that used to go to my mum all the time and say, he's, he's hanging around with heavy hitters. Do you know what I mean? So I've heard that and I thought, you know what, I might just get bail, you know. So I've given them an address. They've gone and searched the address. About 45 minutes later, come and got me. Said, yeah, bail. So I'm thinking, wow. Ran off again. Got out of the police station, ran off. Ran back home. Then I'm phoning everyone saying, look, listen, did you give me bail? One of, one of my older mates has said to me, listen, they've probably got you under um, investigation. Probably watching you. Be careful. So I'm saying, all right, sweet. So after that, I didn't go anywhere. When I go, when I go out, I just meet people on the streets. Do you know what I mean? So I didn't really go anywhere or do anything. So I'm bailed for about eight months. Then in that time, I got arrested in that situation in the car. I think I had just come off bail. No, I was still on bail when I got shot. Then after I come out of hospital, that's when I've come off bail. Because that's what the um, policeman was saying to me. Oh, is, is it a retaliation for that shooting you was arrested for? And I'm like, just calm down, mate. It's not that serious. Then, yeah, went to jail for that in 2007, yeah. So, when you're on unsentenced, you get to read all the police paperwork. In America, you do. I don't know how, how it works here, yeah. Mm. Did, did the police paperwork show what led them to believe you were the shooter? They told me in an um, interview. They told you? Yeah, the police officer, that same one, the um, detective sergeant, because at first he was saying, well, a witness has told us that you done this. A witness that was actually there with you told us you done this. So when he's saying that to me, like the cogs are ticking in my head, I'm thinking, oh, there's a few people there. There's only one person been arrested with me. So it could be like one um, one of three or four. So the cogs are ticking in my head. I'm thinking, who was it? Who is it? Who is it? I think it was on about the fourth interview. The fourth interview. Then he's he's gone. Well, such and such. Then I've looked at him and just smiled. And then he's gone, why are you smiling, Kieran? So I've gone, I'm not smiling because there's no cameras. It was just the tape recorder. in. So I said, I'm not smiling. He's gone, well, we've just told you um, who the witness is in the case. And you started smiling. I said, I'm not smiling. Then it was just, from that point, I knew it was him. So that's when I thought, you know what? It's done, in it? That's a strange thing. All right, so in America, if it's going ahead into trial, they have to give you the paperwork with the witnesses' names in it. So you're going to know then who the yeah. witnesses are. But if a cop just, like, threw that out there, I'd be thinking, is he just saying that mm. to, like, make me go against that guy, but really protecting the, the true informant? Yeah. So do you think he could have been playing a mind game? Nah, cause I, cause he arrested me for it in two thousand and six. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So when he's when he's come back again, it's it still his case. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So now I think he said it to me to know, like we've got you now, innit? Ah, you know we've got you. Oh, it's in the bag. Yeah, cause yeah. I I hadn't. What what happens in um over here in jail? When you'll get you'll go police station, get arrested, charged, then you'll go 
um, what's it called? Magistrates court, remanded. Then that's when you go to prison. Then your legal team will bring your debts. You'll get your court paperwork with like all the statements in, um, evidence, picture evidence, and all that, and your unused materials. So basically everything, your whole case in paperwork. You know what I mean? Everything on the CPS have wrote up. So you'll get that. And that's when I started to see like his name officially. And then a few others. We had a few um with was it anonymity? Like anonymous witnesses. You know what I mean? So it's just victim A or victim B and you know what I mean? But they was they them them witnesses are tricky because you can't really cross examine them. Like your defence can't cross examine them in a certain way. Because it might reveal their identity. Mm. You know what I mean? So we had a couple of them. So you couldn't really ask them any questions because it might reveal their identity. So the main witness then, was he in witness protection by now? Yeah, yeah. He was already in witness protection from the case when I got shot. Yeah. When that happens, and all like you said, that there's, um, you don't go after family members and stuff. Do you just write any retaliation off once they've gone into witness protection or do you like try and find out where the fucker is? Some people do. We didn't. Like, as much as we was doing crazy stuff on the streets, there wasn't really much order, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So it was just basically us. So when I've been locked up, there wasn't really anyone left that I could even say, oh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because in 2007, more or less everybody from our side got locked up. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen the documentary that I am bringing down the gooch. No, I need to watch that. Yeah, well, that's that on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. I'll put that, people are going to be like, what's that? All right, I want to put that in the description box as well, the link, bringing down the gooch. Uh, so you had that case, that was a big case in Manchester, that was around the same time. You had our case and a few other cases. So in that bringing down the gooch documentary, it says it, it says um, when these two individuals got locked up, the gun crime dropped like 95 or 96 percent wow. or something wow. but what they're not saying is that there was plenty others that got locked up as well so in my opinion all the active gang members got locked up in that swoop in 2007 yeah so the gun crime just dropped totally were any threats made against your family no no never i had one incident where i think it might have just been kids yeah. Someone's fucking egged my mum's window. Yeah. Something daft like that. But never, never really anything like that. They put a case on you of robbery and conspiracy to rob. Yeah. But you hadn't done it. Yeah, nah. That, again, while I was on remand for the conspiracy to murder and attempted murder, my friends were writing me letters saying, oh, the five were taking the piss. So I'm like, what do you mean they're taking the piss? saying they're trying to rope you in on them man's case. That's all it said, they're trying to rope you in on them man's case. Like I said, in 2007, numerous of our associates and our people have been locked up. So that could be anyone. That could have been anything ranging from double murder to attempted murder to robbery or, do you know what I mean? So that's all I'm hearing. Oh, they're trying to rope you in on them man's case. So I'm thinking, wow, what, what now? One day, the officers have come, said to me, go phone your solicitor. I'm saying, for what? Said, no, we've had a message, said, you need to phone your solicitor. Phone my solicitor. I said, what's up? Says, um, 
you're going to be arrested tomorrow. I said, for what? She's like, I don't know. They didn't say. Um, you're on police produce. So I'm thinking, man, what's going on here? So then I phoned my mum. I'm saying to my mum, have you heard anything? She's like, no. But your solicitor phoned me and said, you're getting arrested tomorrow. But no one knows what it is. So I'm thinking, wow. All right, we're going to have to wait and see. Got to the police station. Again, they're saying to me about um, some robberies, some robberies and about this and about that. And I honestly didn't have a clue what they were talking about. Do you know what I mean? You start asking me this question and that question. That I don't know what you're going on about, but no comment in interviews anyway. But then what I'd done on this one was done a prepared statement. So then my solicitor will say, this is Kieran Proverbs Brown, where he's decided to do a prepared statement. And I meant to then say my name and date of birth. But I just went in there and just didn't say anything. I just sat there like my solicitor's talking and just didn't say anything. Then I've left. And again, the um, arresting officer has told me who the witness is, who said I was there. So I'm thinking... Why do you just keep telling me this? Do you know what I mean? Then I've left, gone out of the interview. Then I've said to the mirror, I want a phone call. So you're not allowed a phone call. So I'm a prisoner. I'm entitled to a phone call. No, you're not. Custody sergeant said, yeah, he is. Then he starts going mad on me. I've just told you the witnesses. If anything happens to this witness, we're coming after you. It's whatever, man. It's not even that deep. Got on the phone, phone with people. I said, yeah, they've arrested me for um, robbery and a few firearm charges. Like, what's going on now? I said, I don't know, but it is what it is. Gone back to the cell, come out again, got charged. I ended up getting charged with conspiracy to rob, robbery and numerous firearm offences. I ended up with like five firearm offences on top of what I was already charged with. But I... At the time, I wasn't even sweating it. I wasn't even bothered because I'm thinking, this ain't got nothing to do with me. Then when the police is telling me, he's told me who my co-defendants was. Do you know what I mean? Because he's saying on such and such a day, you was with this person and that person and you's done that. So I'm thinking, oh, this is the case you're putting me on. Do you know what I mean? Then I've gone back. So I'm writing back to people and I'm saying, look, listen, they've took the piss. They've charged me with this. Like, someone needs to throw their hands in and tell them I weren't there. So all that's gone on. In the process of all that, I've ended up getting convicted for the conspiracy to murder. But I was still on remand for the robberies and that. But at this point, I was in um, HMYOY Lancaster Farms. But in Lancaster Farms, it was like, it was like being on road. Do you know what I mean? It's 18 to 21. So you had the juvies over the other side. But at that point, being in the northwest of England, we was always the baddest. Do you know what I mean? So the South Manchester gangs would have always been the baddest because we're locked up for shootings and this and that when majority of people are on burglaries or... Do you know what I mean? So then the officers would then treat us different. Like, oh, you's a mad use no such and such and they start telling us certain people's names like yeah that's my mate use a fucking crazy use and so that was always the thing so it never really hit me because it was more like i'm on road when i'm going to court you got the um group four the security 
that take you on the sweat box and in court and that. One of them was friends with an officer. So then when I've come back from trial one day, the officer's come to me and he's gone, yeah, do you know such and such with the blue eyes off the bus? I'm saying, yes, yeah, so she fancies you. So I'm like, wow, all right, sweet. Do you know what I mean? This is an officer telling me, so I'm thinking, nah, this is mad. Ended up getting my sentence. Got a 12-year IPP. For anyone that don't know, IPP was, uh, at the time, it was a life sentence for public protection. So it's an indeterminate sentence for public protection. So what the judge will say, the judge will say, if I was giving you a straight determinate sentence, I'd give you 24 years. So I'm going to half that, but put an IPP on it. So now you have to serve 12 years before parole. All right, sweet. That's gone on. So I've come back to jail, got my sentence. Then time's gone on, but then I started noticing that the officers were being weird with me. So it's like, because at this point, my co-Ds were there and a few of my other mates were there. So like I said, everyone got locked up at the same time. We all ended up in the farms together. So we was all, it was all in there together. So we'd all get visits together. We'd all go gym together. We'd go here, we'd go there. Everywhere we go, we go together. So I know me and two others or three others are on a visit. I would see them walking to their visit. So I'm pressing my bell saying, yeah, what's going on? They're like, oh, what's up? I'm saying, I'm on a visit. They're like, no, you're not. I said, yeah, I am. And we had mobile phones. So I know that my people are in the visits waiting. But I can't say that's the officer. I'm saying, I'm on a visit. They're like, no, you're not. I said, yes, I am. But what they kept doing was letting mass movement go and then coming and getting me and taking me on my own with an officer. So I'm saying, why just keep doing that? They're like, no, it's a mistake. This one day, there was this little... Um, female officer I've seen her give the guy in the visits a little grey book so I'm saying yeah what was that she's like nothing 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 so I've started calling like P.O.'s the principal officer at that point yeah I'm saying to him what's going on with me what's going on like you keep doing this to me like you just won't let me go gym you just won't let me like I have to go last on a visit like what's going on and he's come and sat down and said to me said look listen I don't know what's going on. I think it's just the officer's mistakes. You're not on the book, meaning Katty. You're not on the year list. I don't know what's going on. I'm saying, all right, sweet. This one day we was, because we was all cleaners. So this one day we was cleaning servery. But we had this woman officer here. She was a bit of a flirt. Mm -hmm. So she'd unbutton her shirt. So when we're cleaning the hot plate, she'll come over like, oh, you're doing it all wrong. She's got her shirt and butt. So she's bent over doing that so everyone can see down the top. This one day, I'm sat on the side looking at her. And then security have come walking on. Someone's gone, security. So I've gone, they've gone, you behind your door. What? Weren't me? It weren't me, it was her. Like, I just panicked. It weren't me, it was her. She showed it like, this, what are you going on about? Nothing. Gone behind my door. So they've locked me behind my door. Then there was an officer there, a guy, Boovy, his name was, Mr. Booth. He was all right. He was from, he was originally from Fallowfield. So he was there and he's, I've shouted him and said, Boovy, what's going on? He says, fuck knows, mate. You're going down the block. I'm saying, right, for what? He's like, don't know. Then he's got, I've gone in myself. He's saying, pack all your stuff. Packs all my stuff. Then he's coming to me to the block. As we walk into the block, I'm saying, it was canteen day. So I'm saying, will I get my canteen? 
It's in canteens at least, do you worries? I said, why? He said, you're going Manchester, you're going straight to his catty. I'm saying, fuck off. At this point, I was 19. I'm saying, fuck off. For what? So between me and you, like, someone's put a note in the box saying that I'm trying to get a firearm thrown over the wall to get out on my second trial. Do you know what I mean? So I'm saying, fuck off. Swear down. He's like, sure. Says I know it's bullshit, but that's what's happening. I said, yeah. But there was a lot of people in there that feared me. Do you know what I mean? So I was never really on anything. It's just if we cross paths and it's that time, then it's that time. But people started doing stupid things like putting notes in the box and whatever else. Ended up going strange ways. So I'm sat in strange ways, cat A. I was down reception. The nurse is coming in, checking and saying, oh, you all right? I said, yeah. So you're going to be all right upstairs? I'm saying, yeah. So are you sure? I'm sat there thinking, am I? Do you know what I mean? I'm thinking, am I? Because I've gone from here being one of the most dangerous to being here to be fucking just a little 19-year-old kid. Because now you've got fucking terrorists in there, people are in for terrorism charges, murderers, all types. The, the worst of the worst go to Katty. Is this where the Danny G and Darren G were at? I met Danny here. I didn't see Darren. I think Darren... Now, Darren was in there, actually. But he was over on the mains. He wasn't on the unit with us. What was Danny G like? Because we did a video with uh, Neil Samworth, Sam the guard, saying that he just fucking, like, 10 guards went in and he was yeah, he's a around problem. like ragdolls. Yeah, he's a problem. He's a problem, I swear. Listen, and I don't... I don't say this just for clout or for attention, yeah? I was stood in the dinner queue one day with Danny and, you know, the screws have got the buttons. Yeah. So one of the screws, the button was hanging out of its, like, metal case. Danny's gone. Yeah. Sure, that's a security breach. This screw, yeah? Officer, screw, whatever you want to call him, yeah? He was a prick, yeah? He was a proper prick, like, Type of guy you say, go what time is fuck off. All right, all right, mate. Danny's gone to him, show us the security breach. He's looked at him and gone, hey, Danny, you don't need that, mate. We know you don't need that. I'm looking, thinking, wow, but I never knew who Danny was before this. Do you know what I mean? But then I was on there with a few other scousers, like uh, Ryan Lloyd and that from Crocky, a good mate of mine. So there's a few other scousers on there. The screws have come to them and says, yeah. Um, Danny G's coming up this afternoon. Has anyone got any problems with him? So everyone's like, nah, nah. So I'm hearing the name, I'm thinking, who the hell's that? Like I'm saying to them, who's that? Why are they coming? said, listen, this guy, he's ruthless. Do you know what I mean? So I'm thinking, all right. He's come up, then I've just seen him. He was the first guy, yeah? He used to show the press something stupid. I think it's about 130, 130 key. Just stood there, just like that. Oh. Like it's nothing. I'm thinking, 140 it was, I'm lying. It was 140, just stood there like it's nothing. I'm thinking, wow, he's a, he's a beast, him. he's a unit. So he was, yeah. And and all due respect to him, the officers respected him as well. And this was in strange ways. So Darren works out a lot and he's ripped to fuck. Is Danny a lot bigger than Darren? Yeah, Danny's bulky. Darren's more cut up. I was in Loudon with him. He, he, he's another one. He's a strong guy as well. Yeah. He used to do power clean press with 130. I think his name was on the board in Loudoun because they have a board of like the heaviest lifters. He got the 130 for his weight um, weight category. Do you have any other stories of Danny? Danny, nah. 
remember we almost got into an altercation once in the gym. Me and Danny. You and Danny. Yeah. What, what, in the gym. what was that over then? Weights. Because in um, Strange Ways, there's only 140 kilos in the gym. Because on the unit, there's only about, it's about 20, 20 inmates, let's say. Yeah, so about eight of yous will be in the gym. So you have to share 140 key between yous. So like I said, he's just doing this fucking madness. No, 180, 180 key in the gym. So he's just doing this madness. He's got all the weights. So we have to share the weights. So then what's happened, he's got the weights. So then it was supposed to be my set. So we're waiting for him, done whatever. So it was supposed to be my turn now. So then he's turned around, nah, I'm going again. Oh, yeah, what the fuck do you mean going again? It's sharing the He's ended up going off. Rah, doing all that. I've tried to grab the weights. He's barging me, bouncing off him like, fuck you know. And I wasn't a small guy at this point, but ain't afraid to say it. Not a small guy now. Yeah, like, I was just bouncing off him. Like, he wasn't, it wasn't punches on out. It was more like just tussling, do you know what I mean? So when I'm trying to grab weights, he's barging me. I'm just flying around like a rag doll. Then one of our other friends, one of the older lot, he's come down from Franklin for accumulated visits. So he's just like called all, like, yo, what's going on? Chill out, man. Like, then we've all stopped. Then another good friend of mine, Chaos from London, he was there. So he just started going ballistic. Oh, what's going on? So everyone's just stopped, like, so he's like, what's going on? Why are we fighting? So then it's all just stopped from then. Then we've gone back upstairs, went and spoke to Danny, says to him, you know what? Just forget about it, man. It's just some bullshit. I'll be honest with you. I didn't really want nothing with him. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Even though I had friends on there, I thought I don't really want nothing with him because when I say, he's like, he's like the Hulk. It's a big lump of a man. And I thought, you know what? And especially when I was bouncing off him, I thought, nah, nah. Do you think Danny G will ever get out of prison? I'm not sure. No. I've seen him again in Loudoun, so I know he's progressing through the system. But I think he might be IPP. And yeah, I think he is. Yeah, so yeah. it's hard work. What you have to do with IPP, you kind of have... They have to prove that... No, you have to prove you're no longer a risk to society. And if you've got a bad reputation in jail, psychologists and whoever else, they're not going to really give you a good report to let you out, so... I hope he does, but them IPPs are bastards. They're treating him like the new Charles Bronson, aren't they? Yeah, well, then he's probably, he's going to have problems then. Yeah, yeah. So in that Cat A then, Supermax, is the tension between the Scouts, the Liverpool people from Liverpool and Manchester? Nah, that was in Young Offenders. And the Young Offenders is yeah. the tension. Yeah, Young yeah. Offenders, it was like the Manx and Scousers. At times we would get along, then all it takes is one person because while we while I was there, we used to get along because we had the weed and they had the phones. So we'd kind of coexist. But then when I got shipped out, all it takes is one person to come and spoil the whole thing. So one geezer's come. My mates borrowed him a phone. It's ended up stealing the phone or whatever. Then it's ended up turning into tension. Do you know what I mean? So now he was at war and like that. But in... In these northwest jails, they're the two biggest gangs, if you know what I mean, the Manx and the Scousers. Do you know what I mean? So there was them two. And then sometimes we get along and other times we can't. Because I'm from Widnes and um, I'd go raving in Manchester and raving in Liverpool. 
And then my Manx friends are like, come and check, you know, the state out on Quadrant Park. Like, oh, I see Moudina yeah, with yeah. fucking soccer hooliganism. Yeah. And these guys are proper, like, oh, big old chains on, tattooed up yeah. and everything. But in the end, I did convince some to go either side. Um, with the rave scene, everyone in ecstasy. It was quite peaceful. They were shitting themselves first thinking they were going to get yeah, attacked, yeah. but it was all quite peaceful. But that rivalry is just long-standing, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, I've, I've got a few... Um, I got a few scouts uh, supporters on my YouTube page, and he's, when they start messaging me and all that, saying, "Oh, it's your mate, it's your, it's your scouse mate," and I'm saying, "Fuck <laughs> off!" Do you know what I mean? So, uh, you know what? To hear that from a scouser, like, I appreciate it. You know, even when I come up today and I'm stood there, I'm thinking, "Oh, fucking, hell, I need to ask for directions." For yeah, how do I get to Tesco from here? They've looked at me and gone, "Yeah, just round <laughs> that bend, I kid." And I'm thinking, "All right, sweet." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's sweet, man. Because with this, not much happened. And I just parted my ass off in Liverpool and Manchester. It was like, they knew how to party properly. All right, so you mentioned Chaos. Um, what's his story? He's from um, South London. South London, he was nicked. I think he got about 30 plus years for murder. I met him. He's another one. I met him in Strange Ways as well. So I was walking around the yard with another guy. Remember the um, 53 mil? Mm. So I was walking around the yard with one of them. Then this guy started shouting from the block. Then he's gone, um, oh, do you know who that is? So I'm like, nah. He's gone, that's chaos. So I'm saying, who's chaos, bro? And he's like, oh, listen, this guy's massive. This, he's that. They won't have him on here. He's too dangerous. What's he like? He's about about my height, but he was he was um, built, do you know what I mean? Bald, dead in a beard. But the way this man's describing him to me, he's saying to me, this guy's massive. So I'm expecting some gorilla. So then this is the maddest thing about chaos. This is how me and him got talking, yeah? So on the yard, he's saying to me, he's never going to get out the block. So I'm saying, all right, sweet, cool. He's never going to get out the block. One day, because on Strange Rays, on the unit, yeah, they've got the old style cat A rules. So everybody has to move every 28 days, move cell. So on this day, it was my time to move, so. But you see, when you take too long, the screws will lock the wing down and then they'll come to you mob-handed and be like, are you refusing to move? So I'm like, no. Because they'll shout you first thing in the morning and say, you're moving today to 444, let's say, for example, yeah? So if you have to move from the twos to the fours, you can't be asked, can you? So then you might go somewhere, yeah, help me move. Yeah, it gives a sec. So they'll leave it, they'll leave you. You get unlocked at about eight, then they'll leave you till about 10. Bang ups at 12. So you're thinking, I'll have it done by 12. This one day they've come to me, everyone behind your doors. I've gone to bang up. They've gone, not you. Sweet, so you're refusing to move? I said, no, I'll move. But now they've locked everyone down, so now I have to move on my own. Moved everything up. So I was mopping myself. So I've got all my stuff on the landing, mopping myself. I've seen this black geezer come walking up the stairs. So I'm thinking, hey, who's this new face? But where it's a cat A unit, you don't get people every day. Do you know what I mean? So he's come walking up the stairs. Like I said, about the same height as me. He's walking towards me, but he's smiling. Like a happy smile. So I'm looking at him. Remember, I'm 19, thinking that I'm super hard. Fucking gangster number one. Yeah. So he's walked up to me and he's gone, oh, have you seen such and such? Now, he mentioned one of the olders to me. So now me, being fucking a little guard dog I was, 
oh, he's not here. So he's gone, oh, where is he? So why, who's asking? So like, I know him from years ago in um, Dispersal and Red, sir. So, yeah, he's not here. He's not here, bro. Give him proper attitude. He's looked at me and said, okay. Started smiling and walked away. But I'm stood there with my mop like thinking I was some fucking bodyguard. Then he's even, he's walked down, looked back again and smiled again. So I'm just still stood there like that. Then he's gone. Then my mates come back off, off his legal visit. Then I've gone to him. Yeah, some black guy down there looking for you. He's gone, where? But he's had the same reaction as me. He's gone, where? So I'm like, I don't know, down there. Putting my stuff in my cell. Now, to me, at this point, where he was an older to me, he's invincible. So no one can't say, he's the sickest of the sickest, in my opinion. So then he's looked over the um, railing and gone, oh, it's chaos. What, what did he just say? But he's run off <laughs> to go and meet him. So I'm thinking, what the fuck did he just say? So now as he's running off, he's shouting, yo. So then my man's coming back up the stairs. So then they've met at the top of the landing. So I'm just stood there thinking, oh, fucking God. I'm getting mad at the other guy saying, I thought you said you're never getting out of the block. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so then he's come up. Then they've introduced, he's introduced me. He said, oh, this is Kieran. Rare, uh, he's one of the young, younger lot on Rare. So I'm like, you're right, mate. You're right. Like, everything's gone. My ass has fell out. Fucking, I've deflated. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh shit. Then he's just looking at me with that same smile. I'm like, oh, okay. I thought, fuck that. I need to befriend this guy. He's going to fucking kill me. Do you know what I mean? So we ended up coming cool after that. So he's doing a long time. Was he in for murder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was another one there. Um, an American doing natural life. American guy? Yeah. What was he doing over here? He was American. He was bodybuilder in America or something. He's ended up over here. I've seen a documentary on him. He's come over here and I don't know what happened, but he sat in a stolen BMW read, <laughs> reading the um, racing posture. Police have gone, done a U-turn, tried to pull him over. I don't know what's happened. He was parked up. They've, they've gone and asked him a few questions. Long story short, there's a documentary on him as well. Dave Bieber, his name was. Long story short, he's sat in the back of the police car, starts putting his hand in his pocket. As he's putting his hand in his pocket, you can hear the police on the, on their um, camera saying, don't put your hand in your pocket, don't put your hand in your pocket because they said they was going to cuff him. Then you'll just say, shots going off. So I think, I think killed two police officers and then shot one because one ran off. Wow. So he was on there, mad story about him. I was sat in Lancaster Farms reading the Inside Times, prison newspaper, yeah? yeah. And I seen him in there. So I was sat there thinking, wow, fucking hell. It's lucky I'm not in there with him. End up in Strangeways, who do I see? Him. So he kept coming to me and talking to me, talking to me. Then my older friends were saying to me, be wary of him. So I'm saying, why? Said, listen, the guy's mad. He's mad. I'm thinking, nah, he's cool, man. I said, all right, sweet. You know everything. This one day, he's ended up getting into an argument with um, the nurse. But the nurse has just said, she fobbed him off because she's talking through a gate. So she's fobbed him off and he's walked us and he's come back to me and he's telling me, I said, he's lot taking the piss. Watch this. So he's gone. Because he was high risk, he has to tell the officers when he's getting on the phone and who he's phoning. So he's phoned his solicitor. 
the high risk form was on the threes. By time he's got from the threes back down to the twos and started walking to me, they've shouted him and sent him back for his meds. This happened in the space of 15 minutes. No word of a lie. Then he's gone and got his meds and he's come back to me again and he's telling me the story. I'm saying, what the fuck just happened then? He's gone, yeah, yeah. I told you, I got on the phone to my solicitor. I said, if these don't want another freak accident, they better get me my meds. I don't even think his solicitor got a chance to phone the prison. I think the security have heard it because he's Iris, so it's live recording. Give him his meds. He's come to me one day and he's gone. I'm thinking of something. So I'm like, thinking of what? He's gone. We need to stage a kidnapping. Like, what? He's like, yeah, stage a kidnapping. He's like, so what I'm going to do, yeah? I need to get someone, stage a kidnapping, then when the um, hostage negotiator comes, the terms are going to be to swap you for one of the screws. I sat there, I looked at him, I scratched my head and I said, say that again. He said it to me again. So I'm saying, do you really think they're going to swap me for, swap me for one of their own? He's like, no, no, trust me, they have to, they have to, you got a duty of care, you're the youngest on the unit. And re I says, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let, let, let me have a think about that. Let me have a think about that. Fucked off. But he kept coming to me with mad ideas saying, oh, I'll give you two mil. You're from Manchester, right? I'll give you two mil if you can get me out. And where I'm thinking, this guy is fucked, but I'm a donut. So when I'm young, I'm like, yeah, 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 we can do some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, as the days went on, I started to realise this guy is nuts. He's off his rocker. The happiest day of my life, yeah? Better than parole. Better than the first time I got home leave from Cat D was the day he got shipped up. Fucking hell. Ain't afraid to say. I don't know what would have happened to me if he stayed there. He was bugging the fuck out of you. He was trying to. He was on some fucking, I don't know what the hell he was on, but they told me, my mates told me. But I just didn't listen. I thought, no, nah, he's all right, man. I was just intrigued. Like, yo, so natural life, you're never getting parole. Yeah, fuck him. It's all right, sweet. When he said he was going to arrange another freak accident, does that mean he'd already arranged one freak accident? His index offence was a freak accident. He says he said it was a freak accident and he should have left him to read his paper. You're shitting me. Ed gone, I don't know where he is. two cops and tried to kill a third because <laughs> they've interrupted him reading his newspaper. But I heard... Was he on the run for, for something? I think so. I think he might have been on the run from America. No, because, yeah, that's what from it was. From America as well? Yeah. When I was watching um, the documentary, I yeah. seen on the documentary that apparently he's killed um, his bodybuilding rival on the competition. That's what it said on the documentary. I don't so know how true it is. So he left the country after murdering his rival? Yeah. And then ended up in, shit. I think he ended up in Leeds. I gotta watch this. Dave Beaver, his name is. Dave Beaver. Be, everyone watching this will be googling the fuck out of this <laughs> now. That's insane, man. <laughs> Any other crazy characters in Supermax? Yeah, so me. Ah, there was loads of mad people, but no like names people. You know what else I met? I met Curtis Warren. Oh yeah, how was yeah. he doing in there? Met him in Whitemore. He was all right. Mad story about him as well, because like when you hear about these people, you have an image in your head. Yeah. But then, where I met Curtis, because I was in Whitemore, so I was moving from one wing to another. So I've got all my bags outside the gate. I've just seen some little mixed race Scouser guy come bopping off the wing and start grabbing my bags. I'm like, oh yeah, sweet, nice one, mate. 
He's gone, yeah, he's right, lad. All right, sweet. Gone there. So what's your name then? He's gone, Curtis. Oh, yeah, I'm Karen. Nice to meet you. Then someone's gone. Yeah, cocky. Oh, Curtis Warren. He's like, yeah, yeah, lads. But he was in good nick. So when you see him on his mug shots, he had a lot of weight on him. But yeah. when I'm seeing him, like, to think he was 50 years old and that, he, he was in decent shape. I thought he was about 40s. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he was all right, him. He's funny. We had, we had a few laughs with him. I had a long interview with Frenchie and he's still in touch. Yeah. And, um, so he should be getting out at some point then, shouldn't he, Curtis? I think so. He didn't have much long left to serve when I was with him. Yeah. But then I seen him in the paper. Apparently he got nicked with a female officer or something. Mm. Some relationship. I don't know. Some yeah. craziness. So you had a fight at Lancaster Farms. What was that about? That was gang rivalry. This is what's happened. Because when I've got to um, Lancaster Farms, I've ended up on the enemy wing. But at the time, there was no enemies in there. But I've ended up on that wing for some strange reason. I don't know. Then one day, one of them's landed. But then we've gone, chatting. Yeah, yeah, sweet, whatever. Said he hasn't got no beef with me. I ain't got no beef with him. Sweet. Then another one landed. Then he started asking me stupid questions like, oh, so what happened? What are you in for? So remember when I blasted that guy on Stamford Street? Yeah, I'm in for that. Oh, I thought he was on that case with them, with the murders. Nah. It's like, so who done that? Trying to draw me out. But I just kept saying me, even though it wasn't. I just kept saying, yeah, it was me. Yeah, it was me. I done that. Yeah, me. Me. Oh, yeah, you think you're bad, don't you? But then the screws come over. So what's going on here? Then he's gone, nah, just chatting. We're just chatting, boss. Just chatting. The screw's gone. I think Proverbs will have you both anyway and walked off. So I'm thinking, oh, yeah, but I was ready for it. I'm thinking, you know, fuck them. Then a third one's landed. So when the third one's landed, now it's going on. So I've said to my um, my padmate at the time, because he's saying to me, his coldies want to kill him. So I'm saying, look, if you're in this cell with me, nobody can't do anything to you. Do you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, all right, sweet. Then one of his coldies landed on the wing come straight to the cell. So I'm saying, yeah, mate, not being funny. Whatever you have got, you have to leave that alone while he's with me. Do you know what I mean? It's cold. He's going, all right, sweet, whatever. But when I catch him, I said, all right, sweet. He was happy with that. I was happy with that because I think he thought he's never going to leave the cell. So he was happy with that. Then he's gone, mate, I appreciate that. If any of your enemies come, I've got your back. At this point, I was in this jail on my own. I was the only person from our side in that jail. So now I've got three of them with me. So then this day, the third one's come. So I've come out for dinner. As I'm walking to the queue, they're all looking at me, smiling, laughing. So I've gone over to them saying, oh, what's up? So like, fuck off, don't go on like your bad rare or something. What do you mean? Don't look at me and start laughing like I'm some dickhead. What? The same screws come over and said, Proverbs, leave it. Gone and got my food. So I've sat down to eat my food. My padmate sat in front of me, white as a ghost. So I'm saying to him, listen, it's going to go off, you know. But I'm not looking at him, I'm looking at them, saying it's going to go off, you know, because they're looking at me and laughing again, so that's winding me up. So he's going, why, what's going on? So I'm saying, yeah, let's go. So I've, I didn't even hear what he said, I've just jumped up and ran at him. So as I'm running at him, now we were in a scuffle, so I'm fighting 
fighting, I'm fighting. Then I'm thinking, why am I fighting two people? Do you know what I mean? Either this guy is fucking elastic, man, or I'm fighting two people. So I'm fighting, so I'm thinking, for fuck's sake, here we go. So I got two people, so I've ran and grabbed the brush. There was a brush leaned up against the wall, so I've grabbed the brush, grabbed the brush and started swinging. Because I've got a weapon, now all the screws have jumped on me. So they've got me in, like, the stress position. So they've got my arms behind my back and, like, bent me over. i just seen a pair of fucking Adidas shell toes running towards me. I thought, oh, here we go. They've got my arms bearing in mind. No one's grabbed them to. So I could just see a pair of feet running towards me. He's just blasting me in my face. All I could do was just, like, try and tense my face like that. He's just blasting me in my face. Then the screws are through me in a cell. So I'm just bouncing off walls, going crazy in this cell. Let me out. Then I've gone back in the pad with my pad, mate. He's just sat there with his head in his hands. He's like, oh, I let the side down, didn't I? What I'm saying to him, mate, it's sweet. <laughs> I said, it's sweet. But I thought, you little bastard, when you go sleep tonight, I'm going to smother you with a pillow. <laughs> Fucking prick. Got me kicked in my face, you knobhead. But then he made me high risk and put me back in a single cell. In Supermax, did you get your own cell in there, Cat A? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Single cells. Also There's nothing like having your own cell, is there? Yeah, I mean, nah. it's, it's basically living with someone and you fucking shitting and pissing next yeah. to you and everything. Yeah, it's it's fucking... Jail, you see, that's what I said to someone the other day. I said, in jail, you don't just lose your freedom. It's like your self-respect and everything, like the shit you have to go through in jail. Like, it's just mad. I went jail in 2007, so the phones were massive. So if you had to have a phone and you plug in that, and it's, it's ruthless. It's ruthless. If you're watching this, it's like living in a bathroom, like a toilet. You fucking sleep next to the toilet. Yeah. And you can't get out. Some of them as well, when you have to eat your food in your cell. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you got like a weird pad mate that just decides to have a shit five minutes before dinner and you have to go back in and there's just all the shit particles in the air. Yeah. And, and there's no one to sit, so you're like sat on the toilet eating your dinner sometimes. Yeah, well. yeah, it's it's mad. Yeah. All right, so after Cat A, you got ended up in HMP Moorlands. What was your arrival there like? It was all right in Moorlands. Where is that? Um, Yorkshire, Doncaster. Okay. So yeah. how did you treat the Manx out there? It was all right because um, what Moorlands was, it was one of the only, well, I think it was the only, YOI what housed convicted Cat A's. So it was like a little breeding ground for high security. So if you was a problematic... Um, young offender, you would get sent there. That was like the end of the road. So you had Moorlands, Swinfernall, and Portland. That's where they sent all the problematic young offenders. But Moorlands used to hold house Cat AYOIs until you go to um, high security. So it was all right. It was pretty decent. It was the first place I went where you could get like DVD players, separate stereos. So you know, you got your just hi-fi and then your speakers. First place I got all that. Wear your own clothes if you're not cat A. You can wear your own clothes off the wing. It was decent. It was all right. But it was because that was the first place I went where there was people from everywhere. So because it houses lifers and cat A's, you've got Londoners in there. You had Manx Scousers. You had the Yorkshire lot in there. Geordie's in there so it was like a bit of everything from everywhere and it was ruthless but me personally I preferred it to be ruthless do you know what I mean 
and it was the first place I went. That was the first prison I went where I actually seen someone get stabbed. Everywhere else had been like it was calm and quiet. Do you know what I mean? You might see someone get hit in the head with tuna in a sock or something. But what were the circumstances of the person getting stabbed? It could be anything. Anything. It could just be a stupid argument. I remember I seen one on the yard with um, a scouser and a Londoner, and that that happened because. In the gym, you was only allowed two cates in the gym at once. So on our house block, there was three cates. So there was one, he was a lifer. He had been there for years. So he just used to go to the gym anyway. No one even bothered him, just left him to it. But then there was two more. But these were both my friends. So one of them's come to me and he's gone, Scouser actually, and Sean Mercer. Don't know who that is. Remember Reese Jones? Yeah. The case with Reese Jones. So the geezer what got locked up for that Sean oh, Mercer, shit. the young lad. Yeah, yeah. He was there. So it's him. He, he was my mate, but so was the Londoner. Then um, he's come to me and he says, do me a favour, speak to such and such for me. Like, tell him to let me go gym. Because when we, me and Mercer and the rest of us, we was all on the enhance wing. Then we got kicked off. So when we got kicked off the enhance wing, they moved the Londoner over there. So now what Mercer was saying is when I was on enhance wing, I used to let him go gym because if, you, if you're if you not on enhance wing, you're just locked down. So he's saying, I used to let him go gym. So ask him to let me go gym. So he's gone, I ain't, I ain't losing gym for nobody. But these are both my mates. So I'm thinking, oh, it's a bit of an awkward one. Then this ended up going on. Then they've ended up getting into a fight, but it was a straightener. So I thought, you know, just leave it. But then another Scouser's ran in while he's fighting and started punching it. Well, what I thought was punching him in his back. So I'm looking, I'm saying, yeah, I'll leave it. It's a straightener. So only when the screws have come and jumped on him, then he's gone, ah, oh, my back. They've pulled up his jumper. I've just seen loads of blood. So I'm thinking, fuck, you know. Another Londoner's come to me and gone, yeah, walk with me, walk with me. So I've started walking with him. Then he stood over a grid and then, Drop something, so I thought, yeah, what the fuck are you doing? He's got rid of the thing in the grid. Mm. I'm thinking, mate, at least give me the heads up. Yeah. Then we've gone. But then I'm expecting everyone, every, everyone's gone the block. I didn't. Everyone's gone the block. The three scousers, three, they ended up sending the three scousers down the block and the Londoner went hospital. Then he's come back from hospital. Few weeks later, they've let the scousers out the block and just put them on bully basic for six weeks and then brought them back on the wings. I thought, wow, this is mad, this. <laughs> it, it was, it was ruthless in Marlins. Nobody got shipped out. Nah. So, when you land somewhere like that, Dan, you said you kind of thrive where it's dangerous. Are you a straight lone wolf in that environment or do you think you got to click up with some people to have your back? What it was, like, naturally, if you land in a place like that, if you're real, then people will like, come to you, if you know what I mean. But when I got there, it was different for me because, like I said, Mercer and that was in there and I knew Mercer from the unit because yeah. Lloydy, my mate Lloydy, that was one of uh, Mercer's older mates. Do you know what I mean? So then, naturally, we've clicked. Then um, I had a few, Salford, a Salford guy in there that I knew from um, the farms, Lancaster Farms. 
So then we was already like, then it turns from Manx and Scousers to Northwest. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. We just become one anyway. So how does it turn when you come in to Loudoun Grange with the Birmingham rivalry? Loudoun Grange was a bit mad. Loudoun Grange was like, that was a shock to the system because going from Moorlands to Loudoun, where Moorlands was like a little breeding ground for high security, where Loudoun was like being out on the streets. People have got hoods up, they got gloves on, they got chains on. And the screws didn't have buttons. They were just like security guards, so they didn't have buttons. So it's like, it's almost like the inmates run the prison. But like I, I learned that when I went for dinner on my first day. The screw said, oh, he's on the veggie option. Because when you go there, you get the default option. So that was the veggie option. Then the screw's gone, yeah, he's on one. He's on a one. The inmate behind the server said, no, nah, he's not. He's on a five. Screw's gone, well, can you give him a five then? So I'm thinking, wow, like, so the inmates ran the prison system and then there was a lot of um, brummies in there. So the, the main warfare in there was the Burgers and Johnnies. Do you know what I mean? I was on the wing with the Johnnies. Do you know what I mean? So so I, you wanna, I know a bit about the Burgers. Do you want to explain to people the, who they are, the two different names? Yeah, so again, like in Manchester, the main gangs are Gooch and Dudden. In Birmingham, the main gangs are Burger Bar crew and the Johnsons crew. So then you'll have loads of other little gangs, little splinter groups to whatever. Some will align themselves with the Johnsons. Some will align themselves with the Burgers. Yeah, I was... If you want to watch our podcast with Neil Woods, he explained all that. Um, undercover cop, Neil Woods, campaigns against the drug laws now. He, he explains all about all the Burger Boys. Yeah. So I was on the wing with all the Johnsons. So then when things are going off... People would try and rope me in as a scapegoat. I was just the one mank in it, so it's easy to come and get me. Oh, you, you're rolling with the Johnnies. Are you a Johnny? I said, how am I a Johnny from, from Manchester? I said, these are my people, though, innit? Like, they're not going to bully me to say, no, I'm not with them. I said, I'm with them, innit? What's up? But then a few of my mates was over there with the burgers. Shit. So it was just weird. It was weird. That's crazy, man. So yeah. your mates get recruited from both sides yeah, and then the mad. pressure's on to perform. Yeah, then I've got my mates coming to me saying, yeah, why are you getting involved in that? I said, I'm not getting involved, but if people are coming to me and saying to me, like, why are you with them? What do you want me to do? Be a little shitbag and be like, oh, no, no, not me. You're trying to use me as a scapegoat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So if you're representing then and you end up fighting one of your own yeah, Manchester? It was my... <laughs> So you was three years in there. Anything else notable happened in Loudoun Grange? From Loudoun Grange, I ended up getting roped in on some fucking um, trafficking drugs throughout the prison. Parcels are coming over the wall and somewhere down the line, they say that I was involved. So that's why I got shipped out and ended up in high security. Went full Sutton. Oh, full Sutton next. Mm-hmm. And what was it like there? Are you like um, seeing people you're familiar with from the system by now? Yeah, because that a lot of people from Moorlands and Strangeways Unit was in there as well. Do you know what I mean? So I'm seeing people that I know. And it's nice, few, isn't it, when you arrive somewhere and you know people? Yeah, a few of my mates was in there anyway. Do you know what I mean? But they was on another wing. So what happens in Full Sutton? When you get on the induction wing, you actually go... Because on the induction wing, you can't have association. Do you know what I mean? So then they'll send you to another wing. 
So they come to me and said, do you want social? I'm like, yeah. I said, you need to go to A-Wing at, um, E-Wing at such and such a time. So I've gone. Just walking down these long corridors and seeing people. Just, everyone's just looking at me, the new guy. So I'm thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, here we go. Got onto the wing, then I seen all my mates. So I'm like, yeah, fucking hell. So everyone's like, yo, what's going on? But in them high security, you can cook your own food. People are bringing me plates of food, cakes, rice pudding, all types of crazy shit. So I think the screws have seen that and thought, no, we don't want him being embraced on air. So then they've sent me to A-Wing. A-Wing was like the Bronx. It was mad. It was crazy on there. E-Wing was all right. It was all open, like the open plan. But on um, A-Wing, it was like all housed, closed together, like alleyways, bare blind spots and all that. It was mad in there. I think a few days of me being there, someone got stabbed up in the gym. Yeah, a few days of being in there, someone got stabbed up in the gym. Another time, someone else got the throat slit in education. And then it was at the time of um, Drummer Lee Rigby. Yeah. With his passing. And we was in Muslim prayers. And um, the imam said something like, saying, oh, let's say a prayer for Lee Rigby's family and rare, rare, but you've got people that are convicted for terrorism in there. Like, so what are you doing? So some people have stormed out. It just started going off. But then even the officers are saying like, why would you do that? Do you know what I mean? It's like, why, why are you poking the hornet's nest? Then a few days after that, I never forget it. It was a Monday. So on Monday morning, if eight o'clock comes and the lights don't turn on on the landing, I know it's a lockdown. Do you know what I mean? So this Monday, I've woke up. It's just quiet. Everything's just quiet. Can't hear no keys jingling. Can't hear nothing. Turn the TV on. I seen full Sutton on the news. Thinking, wow, what's going on here? Do you know what I mean? Then um, said, yeah. Officers been kidnapped in HMP full Sutton and rare, rare, rare. Thinking, fuck, you know what's happened? Apparently... Some people have took the screws hostage, locked him in the office. All and it all stemmed from that. The imam saying that his mas was on lockdown for a few 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 days for that. Come out, but it was um, full sun. High security, in my opinion, it was it was relaxed. But when it goes, it goes. Do you know what I mean? It's not like anywhere else, like in. Loudham, you might see someone just get punched in the face and then the bell, bell goes off. And, but in there, when it goes, it goes. It's always a bloodbath. Yeah, in America, it depends on security levels. So like in the young offenders, it's like gladiator school, constant straighteners. Mm. But in Max, it's like relaxed because it's not all the craziness. But when it does go yeah. off, people are going to get fucking stabbed. Yeah, and, that's and the same shit. over yeah. here. It's not as worse as America. When I've watched some of them American documentaries, like when they've got the um, guards in the high tower with the guns and that yeah. goes off, shots start getting let off. It's not really like that over here. Yeah. Over here, when it goes off, they'll just come out with the buttons and anyone can get it when the buttons are up. Yeah, I think it was Buckeye Prison where they had the longest hostage situation in US prison history. And they, they were trying to escape some mm. lifers but then they got stopped so they took guards hostage and they were in that up in the gun tower i was in the madison street jail when it happened but they locked down the whole arizona 
um, all state prisons and jails, everything got locked down for that. Um, it was crazy. So the officers who got kidnapped in this situation then, what happened to them? Did they just get freed after a few days or something? Nah, they came through, didn't it? Um, tornado. Tornado squad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tornado come, I think they came through the wall. Came through the wall, yeah, yeah. rescue mission. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did, I think they had them for it, a few hours. So it's happened while it's on association. Then I think during the night, they ended up getting them. Tornado squad of coming. like that. Yeah, through the wall. And then took the people down the block. But I think, don't quote me on it, but I think they beat the kidnap charge. Really? I think so. I had left by then. I ended up in Whitemore. But I'm sure I read something in the paper or something. Someone said that they beat the kidnap charge. But then they have to go through CSC, the Close right. Supervision Centre. Yeah, in the Buckeye Prison one, the kidnappers took the hostages into the gun tower. No. So the kidnappers had all the weapons. Yeah. So they couldn't get them out. Yeah, it was mad. Um, in the end, they promised to move them out of state so they'd be in the states where they came from so the families could visit them so they weren't all the way in Arizona. And I don't know whether they did ship them out of state or they just pretended they were going to, but they ended up giving up and that's what ended that hostage situation. Yeah, the Tornado Squad, for the Americans then, these are the specially trained riot response. And if you watch our video clip that we did with... Um, Danny G versus 10 prison guards, whatever it's called. The thing is, all those officers who were throwing around were the Tornado Squad, the specially trained, specially trained guys. So the Hulk's in there just... He ends up at the end of the, of the fucking altercation wearing the fucking... Um, <laughs> wearing the riot gear yeah, and just laughing at them. Yeah. They're going out, taking breaks because they're out of breath and coming back in. All right, so... Um, the man said that, bam, Lee Rigby's family, then you're going to go over to Whitemore where a female officer gets arrested. This was in 2016. Yeah, so was in Whitemore. And again, that's another high security prison. But what's happened, one of the officers, one of the female officers, young girl, she's ended up bringing parcels in for one kid on the wing. But then... When she's got arrested, she's told the police that, oh, they blackmailed me, they bribed me, they, they, they said this, they said that. They says, um, if I don't bring it in at the end of Ramadan, they're going to behead me and this and that and whatever else. So she's ended up getting, um, she got nicked. So when she's been nicked, we've all gone the block. So they've had about six of us down the block. Then um, Curtis, Curtis got shipped out because of this. Shipped him out. We was all down the block. But then it turned out, like, she went way too far. She started telling lies. And remember, these places are riddled with cameras. So when you're saying all these things, where's the proof? So then they fucking ended up, we've ended up coming out of the block. No further action again. Investigation dropped. Then at this point, I was um, due for my Cat D parole. So when I've done two thirds of my sentence... I could have gone for parole. But then because of all that, they stitched me up. But I ended up getting... I got moved out of there anyway. 
because I didn't get no nickings or anything. I was just down there for investigation. So your personal officer got attacked for trafficking mobile phones and drugs? No, nah, that weren't my personal officer. That was a fucking... That was that was just um, a female officer. That there, that's I had a been in... Story. Yeah, yeah. I had been in the I had been in the prison about three weeks. So I've gone up one day, but Whitemore was relaxed compared to Full Sutton. Like, when I was in Full Sutton, you could just feel the tension in the air. Do you know what I mean? So when, when I was in Whitemore, it was more relaxed. The officers are calling you by your first name. So when you go there, like, oh, what's your name? I'll say Proverbs Brown. They're like, no, what's your first name? So I'm like, oh, Karen. So they're calling you Karen, and you call them by their first name. So I'm thinking, this is relaxed. This, this is mad for a nice security, this. So this one day, my personal officer, I've gone up to him to ask him something. So as I've gone, I'm chatting to him, I'm walking towards him. He stood outside the office, so I'm walking down the landing towards him. But then some guy that I've been talking to is over the other side, outside the kitchen. So I've gone to him and I've gone, you're right, bro. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Gone to the um, my personal officer, so I'm saying, yeah, go. He's gone one minute, wait there. So I'm like, wait for what? Now this guy started walking around the landing. So I'm looking, thinking, oh, I wonder what he wants. He's come over and he's gone. Say that again. So the officer's gone. What? What are you on about? So he's gone. Say that again. He says, I'm not going education. So he's gone, yeah, well, fucking, I'll put you on basic. I'll put you behind your door. But my personal officer used to like to banter with people. But this time, the bantering's gone too far. He said something about knocking him out or something. Mm. My personal officer said, I'll put you on your ass. So you can say that again. Say that again. But I can see this guy. I can see his chest going. So I'm saying, yeah, chill, man. So forget all that. Chill, chill, relax, man. Fuck it. Let's leave it. So he's gone. Now say that again. Say that again. So I'm saying to him, yeah, let's leave it, man. Swerve it. Forget it. Forget it. Then he swung for him. But the first swing, he's missed and hit the wall. So I think, I thought, I think he must have thought, ah, oh, you bastard, I've missed. So he's committed now. He swung for a minute. So I'm just stood there in the middle of this fight. This swinging, he's smashing his head in. Smashing his head in. Then the officer's like fell on the floor and he's trying to hold himself up on the railings and that, but he's just kneeing him, punching him in his face. And I'm just stood there thinking, oh, fuck, you know, yeah, I think it's time to go for me. So I've started walking away. He started following me. So I'm thinking, nah, don't follow me, bro. You have to stay here. Like, because now they've seen through the office. So they've started shouting, hey, hey, So I've started walking away. So now this, when, when these things are going on, what the screws do, they do this thing where they form like a train. So there's like five of them and they're running towards you, but they're, they're doing in, in like a train and they'll just plow into you. So I'm walking away. He's following me. I'm thinking, nah, you need to stay here because they're coming for you. Like, not coming, for, you know what I mean? So then they've gone, grabbed him. He swung for one of them. They've just jumped on him. They all piled on him. But in there, in these high security, if it's a, it's, it's a touchy one, because if the screws jump on him, sometimes, depending on what wing you're on, the inmates will jump on it and it could start a riot. Mm. So I've seen people like, what, what's going on? So they start running. So I'm thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, I've been here for two minutes. But I've I've gone there to do a course. I have had to do a course. I've gone there to do a course. So I'm thinking, fucking hell, it's 80-month course I've got to do. It's one of them psych psychology courses. So I'm thinking, for fuck's sake, man, do I really need this in my life right now? 
that's all going on. But then nothing happened. They took him to the block. Then about six months later, the screws have come to me one day and gone, yeah, you wanted. So I've gone, for what? Police. Fuck off. Police for what? I forgot about the assault. So I'm thinking, police for what? I don't know. So for fuck's sake, man, not this. So I've gone in there and sent, you know what they do, sent this woman to me, low cut top on and all, like, are you Kieran, you right? So like, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry to waste your time. Just um, an incident that occurred not too long ago and with where, yeah, I don't know nothing. I didn't see nothing. Then she just flipped on me. Why, right, uh, waste my time? Well, we know you was there. We got CCTV. I don't remember nothing. I didn't see nothing. I didn't hear nothing. Like, it's done. Then I've gone. Then that was it. But I think then my personal officer came back about a year later. But he didn't stay. He didn't stay, he ended up leaving. Because even the officers turned on him. Because the officers were coming to me saying, what happened? I'm saying, fuck knows. I ain't got a clue. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? He's gone, well, I know you're not going to say anything. But I, you know what I think's happened? I think he said something. Try to be a funny cunt like he does. He's not He's not at it. and just smashed his head in. So I'm looking at him thinking, wow. like He's meant to be one of your own. Do you know what I mean? But... How was that? So something you said earlier, then you said in the higher security levels, they could cook stuff. Mm. Like in Arizona, you, you have got like a shank-proof uh, toothbrush and a tiny little golf pencil, like a betting shop pencil. That's like, there's nothing can be weaponized. So how can you cook stuff in higher security levels? Because couldn't you weaponize those utensils? They give us knives. You know them little, you knives. Yeah, you know them little vegetable knives. Holy shit! We used to have them, but after the kidnapping, yeah. Because what it is, you've got the facilities until you abuse it. So right. after the kidnapping in Full Sutton, Full Sutton was one of the last um, high securities to still have the knife. Yeah. But you had to go and give your ID card to get the knife. So it's booked out in your name. So if that knife goes missing, they're yeah. coming for you. Do you know what I mean? But, it just takes one dickhead to ruin it for everyone. Yeah, yeah. And then that's what happened after the kidnapping, because I think I think one of the officers got stabbed with a potato peeler or something. So they took the knives and everything from us. Then um Whitemore. Whitemore didn't have knives when I got there. But what people would do is like tuna tins, you know, the lids. Oh yeah. Look dangerous them. Yeah. Yeah. Like cut up chickens with them. And yeah. Full Sutton still had cooking oil as well. Whitemore didn't have cooking oil because someone, again, abused the facilities and they start throwing um, hot oil on each other, don't they? Yeah. So in the higher security levels in Arizona, you, you just don't even get out your cell. Like the, 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 the SWAT team come basically to take you um, to have a shower like every three days you're entitled to a shower and the shank-proof body armor and all that shit. Because they can't get out the cells to settle the disputes with the fist, they weaponize shit. So I've done a whole series of videos on shit slingers and chicken bone shit on it, blowpipe, yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's crazy what what the levels that they'll go to 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 do stuff. Over is different. No, the higher the security, the more leniency you get. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah, you go um, like to these Roman places. That's where you just lock down twenty three hours a day. Yeah, cat sees lock down twenty three hours a day. Cat bees, some of them. If you go to a private one, like Dovegate and Loudham and all that, they're privates. Yeah. So it's more relaxed. Like the inmates will run them kind of places. Yeah. Them. Some of them. Then high security. 
you cooking and all that, like you buying frozen chickens and all that every week. <laughs> Whole chicken. So your next stop is Dovegate Prison and North Sea Camp. What were they like? Dovegate was alright, it's private. But again, like the inmates run it, so Yeah. It was mad. Like we was getting click and collect to ourselves. Like Tesco. Tesco's own, like, it was crazy. <laughs> Tesco's own to yourself. Like, forget canteen. Canteen's a rip-off. We was getting Tesco stuff. Food deliveries. Yeah. A governor got slashed? That was in North Sea Camp. Open prison. So, never forget it. It was mad. Because they tried to implement a lockdown in an open prison. You, you, They can't lock you in your cell. You just open your own door, so... Can't remember what's happened, but something's gone on. And then my mate's been walking around the prison coming to see me. Then he's walked past and seen the governor. Then the governor's like stood outside the gym holding his face. Then they apparently they're saying the governor got slashed. They've tried to do a lockdown, but everyone was just walking around anyway. Then they've come and got two guys and shipped them out. Then everyone's saying, like, oh, what happened there? I said, oh. Apparently, like, someone's made a threat on the governor. Then a few hours later, because it was a winter, winter's night, so it was dark out. So what it was, until 8 o'clock, you can walk around the prison. But then after that final roll call at 8, you're on your um, unit. Do you know what I mean? So it was dark, after 5, walking around. Someone must have just seen him and just slashed him down his face. He came back for a bit. He had the scar on his face. Then he left. Did they catch someone over that? I don't think anyone got charged. There's no way, there's no cameras or anything. There's no way of proving it unless someone that seen it with their own eyes gives a statement. So Ash wrote down some notable prisons he's got stories about. I know we've covered some of these. I'll just give you the whole list again in case you've got any stories we haven't done today. Got Dave Bieber, Curtis Warren, Michael Stone, and Kenny Noy. Any any that we've not covered so far? Any notable stories? No, nah, no stories. I just it's Ken Kenny Noy. Is that someone that I came across in Loudham again, as well? That Michael Stone. He was in um, full Sutton with us. What was Kenny Noy in for then? Um, it was that thing, the road rage thing. The road rage. In I'm thinking Kent. But don't quote me on it. It's like Rose Rage thing. But apparently, he got some. I think he beat a case for a murder on um, a police officer or something. I don't know. I don't really. But he was like a high profile um, inmate. But I don't really know his story. So some of these stories, 2016, really recent. When did you actually get released? I got out last year. Just last year, yeah, man. November. What did that feel like getting out? It was mad, but I was in I was in open prison, wasn't I? So from Yeah, you were just in. Yeah, so from about I think May, I got my first home leave in May. So May twenty nineteen was the first time I got out. I've been out. I come out for three days. Um went and stayed in the hostel. So really it's really one day, because you got one day travel to the hostel. Then the next day you got the whole day to yourself and on the third day you need to travel back. But it was mad, it was all right. North Sea Camp, like down the road, about a mile down the road, you've got houses. So we lived in the houses. The actual prison was down the road and we lived in the houses. Was your mum visiting you over this time? Nah, I didn't I didn't get visits to that me. 
I used to at the beginning, but then I found my jail went a lot smoother when I let go of the outside world. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I've been getting stripped from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's stressful to let it go, but then you have a sense of like freedom, yeah. don't you, from it? Yeah. Oh. That was, um, for me, yeah. So like, as soon as I let go of the outside world, time just started to breeze by. It goes faster and faster yeah. then, doesn't it? Just get your routine, get your workout. You know, that's what I did, studying stuff. Um, what was the support structure for you like when you got out? What was, what was, did, did the government help you? Did family help you? It's more, you see what it was? Because um, I got back with my partner in 2012. So at this point, I was on the transition from the old me to me now. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because... I started thinking to myself, that's when I started to see things for what they really are. And I'm thinking, you know what? This is some bullshit. It's just stupid as fuck. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, need to make that transition. So I'm talking to my partner and this is what I always say. It's like, when I'm speaking to her, I didn't have to be the person what everyone thinks I am. Do you know what I mean? I got to be myself. So I'm with her now, it's like, that's when I started planning about what I'm going to do when I actually get out. Because as much as we're sat in jail and we're thinking... I need to get out. You don't really know what the hell you're going to do when you get out. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Do you think she gave you strength to make these changes? Yeah, 100%. Like, that's what it was for me. Like That was my driving force. Because like I said, as much as I've got my mum and that, I was doing these things while I was with them, if you know what I mean. So I can play it well. I've got a good poker face. Do you know what I mean? So, But when I'm with her, I knew her from school. So she knows me as the guy from school. She don't even know about my gang involvement and whatever else, you know what I mean? So she used to give me that motivation and used to push me to do better for myself. Like, because where she's not from, say, a gang-related area, when I'm saying certain things, so she's saying, that's stupid. I'm thinking, what? But then if you speak to most people, they're like, yeah, yeah, I remember them days. And because they're from that environment, like you grew in that environment. Do you know what I mean? It's all war stories. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was like my driving force and come out of jail. It was, it's been hard. It's been a hard road coming out of jail, like with probation and all that. It's like, when I first come out, I come out in November. So I was in a hostel for three months. Like I said before, come out, I was in an apartment, lockdown hit, ended up getting kicked out of that apartment, couldn't afford it. Ended up living with relative, my sister. But 31 years old, I'm living with my sister. It's like, becomes, you know what I mean? It ends up, we end up clashing and butting heads. Then I've got myself a council property. But it's been a hard role. So since I've been out, I've tried, I, I was, because when I first come out, I thought, you know what, I'm getting my own business. I'm going to start my own business. But I didn't realise about credit files and all these kind of things. So when I've come out to make ends meet, I thought, you know what, let me just get a little warehouse job while I focus on my business. And qualifications, what I had while I was in jail, I got my personal training qualification. So Brilliant. just before I got out, I had my missus contacting gyms. There was this one guy, um, Lee Waldell, his name is from Heroes Fitness. He was the first person to give me that chance. Do you know what I mean? So I've come out on the Monday. I've had an interview with him on the Thursday. 
So then he's like, yeah, sweet. I told him my story. He's like, look, sweet. Everyone deserves a second chance. But he says, but what I do, I just rent my space to you. You have to have your own client base. So I said, all right, sweet. That's what I'm going to do. Focus on building up my client base. As time went on, money started to run out. So now I've started going to agencies and all that. But I come out on the thing of, I'm just going to be open and honest. But then when I'm being open and honest, everyone's just shutting the door in my face. It was only him who actually gave me that chance. But then that was like, that would have been phase two because I had to get clients and all that first. So then that was like, I was homeless. I was homeless till about September of this year. Then I started applying for work. So after about, let's say in about June 2020, I started applying for work, but now I started lying, saying, nah, no criminal convictions, nope, nah, no. Nope. Dole told me to do that. They were like, if you keep telling them yeah. you're never going to get a job, don't yeah, tell yeah. them. Yeah, that's what, that's, what, that's what they were saying to me, like in the hostel that I was in, the probation hostel, they're saying to me, sometimes you just got to bend the rules. Do you know what I mean? Just like, if they're not going to check, just say it. So I'm like, sweet. Started doing that. Then I started doing a bit of warehousing work. But with them agencies, it was just robbing me blind. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's times I was doing 44 hours and that. And I'm expecting, like, some type of overtime and that. But, nah, so we ended up swerving that. Then, funnily enough, I was talking to this woman, um, this counsellor, for my anxiety and that. Then she said to me, she's on, I found this um, link. It might be interesting in you. might be of interest to you. Um, mentoring and facilitator role for at-risk youths and rare turtles. So I thought, you know what, give it a go. But it's based down south. Mm. So it's based in London and the southeast region. Yeah. So I've applied for it, gone through. Then I ended up getting it. Mm. So I thought, wow, but that was the first job that I've actually applied for that I didn't have to lie. Like me being me, being open and honest is what got me the job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that was decent. So now... It's starting to get where I need to be. Do you know what I mean? I'm so you're going to move to down there. south for that job? Nah, because it's at, at present I work remotely. Uh, but what I do, I'll just travel around. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So, like, they'll yeah. say to me, I'll go such and such today, then book my travel and hotel, and I'll just go there, do my talks, and do whatever. And Brilliant. Come back. Yeah, so it's sweet. Well, it's good that you like using all your knowledge and experience to influence the young people. Yeah. And it's great that you've, like, set all this stuff online as well. Were you on Instagram or YouTube first? Insta. I was on Instagram first. Um, were, you, were you doing your, like, prison stories on there, or...? Yeah, no, you know what's happened? I've done my Insta first, and then my missus was telling me about YouTube. So I don't... I, I didn't have a clue what was going on, so I'm just setting up these things. But like I said, I started it last year, about this time last year, and then I just fell off, like, all the things that are going on. Like, I ended up losing. My partner was pregnant, lost my son. Then the stresses of life just started getting the better of me. And do you know what I mean? I just kind of gave up. I just thought, you know what? Fuck this, man. Do you know what I mean? Then I think it was October this year. I started doing it again. And this is where like, I feel like, because I put my all into it this time. This is where it started to take off. You know what I mean, just through hard work and dedication. 
So putting these videos up on YouTube, then I've just got I've got your channel in front of me right now. Again, it's True Blue Lifestyle, spelled T R U B L U L Y F S T Y L E, and the link is in the description box below the video. So just gonna I'm just looking now. How long you've been on YouTube? About a year. You're putting a lot of videos out, aren't you? Yeah. The majority of that's been since October. Since October, yeah, I'm seeing that now. I think I had about two. So 11 months ago, K Proverbs, Real Talk. Yeah, that was the first one. Then you're doing some fitness stuff, um, Commando Challenge. And as you, like, build up on YouTube then, you start to get these followers and people you don't, you know, all over the world, people you don't even know reaching out to you. What's that journey been like for you over this year? It's been mad. It's been crazy. Like, it's people kept contacting me saying, you need to get on Sean Atwood. You need to get on Sean Atwood. You need to, you need to, we need to. Then it's, I think it was them. They said, you know what? I'm just going to get in his comments now. And everyone started <laughs> spamming your um, comment section. I'm you need to get Karen, you need to get Karen Proverbs on. You need to get Karen Proverbs on. Yeah. Then that's what happened. And uh, Ash reached out to me and I thought, wow. Like, yeah. So it's for the love of the supporters that... I've got me here now today. Yeah. Do you find like some of the people who have been supporting you, you're in contact with them regularly now and they're becoming friends? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because like I said, I all my DMs, all my comments, I, I try to reply to all... I reply to all my DMs on Insta. Sometimes, like my YouTube ones, if someone asks the same question, I just reply publicly. But yeah, man, I, it's crazy. It's crazy, you know. And like, even like people reaching out to give you stuff like people are offering certain things like oh I own a clothing line I want to send you like some clothes yeah I'm thinking what wow someone um, contacted me about says oh I'm going to send you a tracksuit and a new vape vape pen that like, where do you want to meet me but then my old mentality I'm thinking oh, this is a setup so I've sent him to a public place like so when I've come in I can see directly where I've sent him to do you know what I mean yeah then I've got there and I seen it. He was there and he's genuine. I thought, wow, fucking hell. Like, I'm paranoid to death and you're actually out here doing a um, genuine thing. Even with Ash, I was saying to him, I said, oh, can you get Sean to ring me? Can you get Sean to ring me? <laughs> he's like, why, what's up? I said, yeah, I just want to make sure everything's all right. Like, do you know what I mean? Because yeah, what yeah. happened when, like, because I was speaking to Ash, then he's saying, oh, yeah, come down. It's in Liverpool. and wrote. Then someone contacted me on YouTube and said, oh, do you want to come Liverpool for a bevy? So I'm thinking, how did he know? How did he know I was coming? Got on to Ash. Um, tell Sean to ring me. Tell Sean to ring me. Do you know what I mean? It's just, but... When you've only come, been out of prison for the year, and how many years did you serve? 12. So you've got a mentality of like, yeah. fucking somebody yeah, yeah, could yeah, be yeah. setting me up, yeah. definitely. It takes a while to shake that off. Yeah. Um, so I don't blame you um, for thinking like that at all. It's just, it's just an adjustment process. Um but you seem really relaxed and happy now. You said your anxiety. Yeah. Uh, is it the fitness stuff that get, get, keeps your anxiety down? Yeah. And I started medication for it because it started getting ruthless. Like I was having episodes mm. more or less every day because it was, it's like with so much going on, do you know what I mean? It's like, it just started getting a better. I mean, like I said, I started having like anxiety attacks every day. Every day I was out and I thought, you know what, I need to go see the doctor. It's got some medication, doing the fitness um, medication. And I'm just saying, um, just saying now, I was feeling a bit better about it. 
This is one of the fucking most gripping stories I've ever heard. Uh, you know, I, I try and support people wherever I can. My my YouTube came out because of my blog. In the beginning, I started writing things down. I was in the maximum security jail, Phoenix, Arizona, 2002-2003, and smuggled them out of visitation, exposing what we were going through, dead rats in the food, cockroaches, yeah, yeah. guards, murdering mentally ill prisoners. So it's my writing that then led to me putting my stories in video form, and that's what caused the YouTube channel to grow. But I've been on a mission to help other people either build their platforms, get their stories out there. You mentioned Marvin Herbert um, before we, yeah, lit, yeah. we lit a chat up. We lit, set fire to his channel recently. And what I mean about blew the views up, blew the subscribers up. So I'm going to urge people to help you as well. And please go down. You've got 900 subscribers now. You've sat here for almost three hours and heard this brilliant story. Kieran's only been out for a year you can see what a pure soul he is in his eyes and his honesty he's getting his life back on track it's rough when you've only been out for a year not just rough from having a criminal record but also the mental adjustment i look back now at, at, at videos and little things i did when i was out my first couple of years and more bug eyed and everything i could see how broken that person was and how like i've changed so much over the years because of the kindness of people who helped me when I had nothing. So, you know, please subscribe to his channel. Check his stuff out. We're going to have to work on some of your video titles. I think um, if you did a video, UK Crips versus US Crips, and, like, described, like, what you've incorporated from the American Crips into the gang culture in this country and what the similarities and the differences are, I think you get massive views on that. Because, like, the, the gang stuff, uh, Manchester, um, Crips, Bloods, all these are huge keywords. Mm. Yeah, so I'd, I'd start, like, um, adopting some of those into your video titles. And um, for people who want to contact you then, I know we said this at the beginning, but let's, let's just say this again. What's your preferred method of people getting a hold of you? Well, more Instagram. I'm on both anyway. I'm I'm always on my YouTube. I'm always on my Instagram. But my Instagram is um, kdapt19 on Instagram. And then, like I said, True Blue Lifestyle on YouTube. True Blue Lifestyle on Instagram as well. And we're going to put the huge documentary in the, in the description box. Mm. So... If you've enjoyed this, please let us know in the comments. Huge thank you to all the new subs. Subscription logo is in the bottom right-hand corner. Huge thank you to people who have gone down in the description box and checked out our socials, our donation links. And especially massive thank you for all the love and support that has just been coming in. He's here in the studio. The spirit of wild man, he's still with me looking down giving us strength to keep the mission going. And um, every day, just I'm just inundated with all this, this messages from people all over the world. People telling me stories about Peter that I didn't even know how he'd influenced their lives and what his videos meant, meant to them. But he is immortalised um, with all the work he did um, on this channel, all the videos he did there. All right, big man, give me a hug. Brilliant, man. Yes. Thank you very much.